it is so good to have y'all here. Uh, the, you have found the right place. This is the Higher Education uh, premiere, episode one. And uh, we are a Strixhaven-based uh, tabletop RPG with the fifth edition Dungeons & Dragons. We're not using the story from the book, just the setting. Um, and our focus is on five amazing, uh, but um, deeply disturbed, haunted, traumatized, all of the above, uh, graduate students. And, <laughs> and that's what we got going on. Hane. Hello, it's Kane. Uh, <laughs> hi, everyone. It's so good to see all of you in the chat. How exciting. Um, I'm Connie. My pronouns are they, he, and she. You can find me all across the internet at by Connie Chang. That's B-Y-C-O-N-N-I-E-C-H-A-N-G. When I'm not here on higher education playing uh, Stag, I am the game master and creative producer for one small uh, transplaner RPG, which is an odd transgender POC-led dark fantasy D&D show set in an original non-colonial anti-orientalist world we're entering the end game of our campaign after like two and a half years of streaming that's like 90 80 something episodes and it's like it's it's wild it is off the walls it is just so many ridiculous things are happening uh it's all coming to a head and it's later tonight uh so after you catch the premiere of Strix, you should catch you know arc 7 episode 5 of Translator rpg on twitch.tv Translator rpg at 8 p.m u.s eastern time we stream weekly that's my long ass introduction i'm so excited for this uh i'm gonna pass it over to the person next to me which i believe is liv okay yeah <laughs> other way <laughs> <laughs> jab you jab you. oh no it's fine with these wings in the camera although like honestly i'm blessed the art that we have is so good um hi everybody i'm liv uh liv Strixhaven in a day that's what you can call me you can also find me on twitter at live in a day um i use she her no she <laughs> they pronouns <laughs> Damn, you I went mean, to the last, the last update, like previous update. <laughs> you forgot the 1.5. <laughs> These tech issues are so bad. They're throwing me back in time, um, back to when I was cis. Uh, no, her is good too, but she and they is preferred. <laughs> tech issues out here being transphobic. I can't. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. More likely than you would believe. Um, I am a TTRPG performer. I hop around from stream to stream doing different shows. You've probably heard or seen me around with Strix U. It's kind of the thing I do. I'm the Strix person now. Um, I also am part of Total Party Chills Under the Table, which is dedicated to playing and showcasing more indie d or not not D&D, ND, uh, TTRPGs, basically anything that doesn't use a D20 and isn't focused purely on fantasy. I also do podcasts and perform, um, and you can find my work wherever you get your pod, mainly Super Idols RPG and Clearful Podcast. But yeah, follow me on Twitter to see what I'm doing next. As for the foreseeable future, okay? We're going to ride it till the wheels fall off, um, and then we're going to return to the sea, which is Tumblr. Uh, all right, beautiful. Return to the sea, which is Tumblr. Uh, next, let's let's go Drac. What you got for us? Hi, I'm Drac or Draconics. You can find me on Twitter at Draconics. That's D-R-A-K-O-N-I-Q-E-S. I guess until the wheels fall off of that, you can also find me on Tumblr. I made a Tumblr account. I I caved in. Um, you can find me on Tumblr at Draconics as well. I haven't posted anything. Uh, probably won't. Um, <laughs> I'm also a streamer, a performer. I 
stream on a bunch of different channels for TCRPs and actual plays. Uh, like on Mondays, every other Monday, I'm over on Exquisite Corpse Presents in a campaign called Divine Intervention, where I play Cronus, the God of Time, with... Um, I'm not going to point because I don't know where everyone is. See, and <laughs> um, uh, on Tuesdays, I'm over on King, um, Table Story in a campaign called Kingmakers. And then on Saturdays, I'm here and I'm very excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, just, oh, I just use for, um, oh, pronouns. Thank you. Yeah. Just for your reference, you're all bottoms. So you can just gesture. A side oh. bottom at Twitch. Oh, wow. Okay, I was deciding. I you assigned the tops and the bottoms. Is that what's happening? Well, okay. Wow. Am I switch. wrong? Wow. Am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Live and I stay winning. I'm sorry, Connie and I do have top energy. I'm just sitting it out there. I, okay. <laughs> Okay. And, and the, the, the switches, I'm also just putting on the bottom because they can go there. The tops won't. Yeah. Um. <laughs> not with that attitude. Not with that attitude. <laughs> if you think that I'm not bottoming, if you think that I'm not topping stag the first chance I get, you don't know what this campaign oh. is about. <laughs> topping stag is an Olympic sport. There's okay, y'all. That's a climbing tree. Donate for the bonus scene of X Top Instead <laughs> that will go on our Patreon. Uh, our, I don't even think we have a Patreon. Friends. That will come um, out. We don't, but we're with. gonna have one. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I'm anyway, uh, <laughs> continuing on with the introductions. Humna, <laughs> please. <laughs> I don't know. I want to hear more about that. But anyway, um, <laughs> later, 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 later. We'll talk. Um, we'll talk. Ooh. Okay. Um. Hello. <laughs> My name is Humna. I use any and all pronouns, and I am a TTRPG performer. You can find me on Twitter, um, and apparently Mastodon now. I don't know at hi underscore. I also have a Tumblr, but good luck finding it. Uh, I t- won't tell you what the handle is. Um. <laughs> um. Oh my god, my brain is just thinking about the X topic stag thing, so I'm having trouble doing my plugs. <laughs> I'm in a lot of campaigns. Follow me on Twitter to know where I am at any point in time. Um, but ooh, one thing that I should definitely plug is uh, next week, in exactly one week at 6 p.m. Eastern time over on the Nameless Domain, uh, we will be hosting our first ever Pokemon Showdown charity tournament called Nameless Showdown. Uh, we are bringing a whole bunch of uh, TGRPG content creators, performers, designers, writers, um, all of them are people of color. We are bringing them together for this one very silly, not at all competitive tournament uh, in order to showcase them in sort of a different different setting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you should come watch. Round one is going to be next week, like I mentioned, Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern time over on the Nameless Domain. Uh, we are doing giveaways for lots of different merch. Uh, Pink City, who's here in chat, also gave us stuff to give away. Uh, so if you like some of the stuff that you're seeing our cast wearing, maybe you should maybe you should show up. Uh, and with that, I will pass it on over to, I guess, the final bottom C. Did you learn nothing from this entire introduction? Did you learn <laughs> Did you learn literally nothing? Uh, hi, everyone. My name is C, and I use they, them pronouns. You can find me making very trans, very gay art on the internet at PieSharpArt. I have been on Tumblr since 2012, and I never left, so there is no fucking way that I'm telling any of you what my username is. There is no fucking way. Um, it's really, but also, it's a really good username. <laughs> it's four letters long. Anyway. 
I follow you on Tumblr, so (laughs) I know, I know, I know. That's enough of that. Um, But you can find me on uh, Twitter and in other places at PieSharkBart. I am also on a lot of games uh, right now, including this one, which I'm so excited for, including the one that comes right after this, which is Transplaner, including the one that Drax said on Mondays, and including the one that Humna maybe said on Thursdays, Um, and also a few other ones. I don't know. Check it out. I just made a I just made a new pin post. So if you want to know what I'm doing, look at that. I'm not going to tell you anything else because I want to start playing right now. I'm so sweaty. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so sweaty. Why I'm am so I so sweaty? sweaty well. <laughs> I am dripping in sweat. I need to roll dice immediately. <laughs> We're all just feral right now. I love it. Um, <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? Thank y'all. That was beautiful. Uh, also, I, my name is Havana or Vanna. I'm going to be your GM for the game. That's Beans. Hi, Beans. Beans. I miss um, Hi, Beans. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's a wave at Beans. Um... And uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I stream right here on this channel, uh, twitch.tv slash Vanna. Uh, Full time. I usually do the Vigi games, but we're going to have this uh, weekly tabletop RPG for the next three months. Uh, So I look forward to that. The hot cont uh, that you will be receiving directly to your eyeballs. I'm sorry, the hot what now? The hot cont? It's short for content. Y'all are just uh-huh. not hip. <laughs> <laughs> not the hot cont. Um, and the other things I want to talk to you about um, are, and again, you can do exclamation point cast in the in the chat at any time to get links to everybody's uh, Twitters here while they last. Um, and uh, you can also do exclamation point sponsors because we have some amazing sponsors uh, throughout the entire season. Uh, and you can see uh, today's specific sponsors in the exclamation point sponsors command. Uh, and also our show overall is presented by Penny Dragon Games. Uh, so thank you to all our sponsors for the support. Please go check all of them out. They're all delightful and make some really amazing uh products that all they can do is heighten your gaming experience uh and bring you joy and clear your skin and pay your bills so um maybe not that last one but <laughs> you can pay your bills i believe in you um and then what am i let me look at all the i made like eight new commands today and i can't remember a single one of them um, oh, exclamation point CW. We do not have a full list of content warnings at this time because this is episode one. As the show goes on, uh, I'll be able to add to that in more detail. Uh, but just be aware that there is going to be graphic violence. Um, there's going to be likely emotional abuse because these players um, are gay and traumatized. Uh, and, yeah. um, and then also references to live trauma that might resemble your own or something that uh, yeah, you're aware of. Live so. trauma, so I was like, live trauma? Yeah, yeah it's I guess. like <laughs> trauma that Only is... my trauma will be on this <laughs> Not, I, I meant it as like, not just high fantasy trauma, but probably trauma you've experienced in real life. <laughs> we all have mommy issues. We all have them. Oh my goodness. Yeah, well, some of us have daddy issues, but <clears throat> not naming names. Mark issues is a gender Bag. neutral term, I think. <laughs> for, for you, maybe. <laughs> um, and the last thing I want to talk about is exclamation point goal. We have a goal every episode. Somebody's already tipped $20 to it. I don't know who did that, but, but bless your heart. Bless your heart. 
bless your heart, exclamation point goal, use that pally.gg link. If you tip there, it gets split evenly between all of us. And if we hit that goal of $100 uh, by the end of the episode, then we're going to do a bonus scene. If we have time, we will do it live. If we do not, we will record it off stream and post it on the social medias for you to, uh, you to ingest. The first one that we're going to be doing is actually an ex and stag scene uh, from when they first met. Um, and it's, uh, maybe a little, a little meat cute, a little, um, bloody nose, black eye situation. So, uh, you're gonna want to see it. I promise you. And then also if you want to keep up to date and review the notes, uh, from our session point five, you can do x point wiki and check out our obsidian portal page. I'll be trying to update that. Uh, I am mentally ill, but I'll do my best. Uh, so if you want to at least catch up on what the session we did off stream, to kind of get a bit more context for this next for this current episode, uh, then check that out there. I think that is everything. Uh, we also have a giveaway to do at the break um, for a Color Hero Forge mini for with free shipping. So uh, stick around for that. All right, that's all I got. Am I, am I forgetting anything, y'all? I'm so sweaty. <laughs> sweaty, <laughs> sweaty, sweaty, sweaty. Um. <laughs> Yeah, isn't isn't Drax makeup and filter so good today? It's so good. Mm -hmm. I would like to thank Stella Luna. Um, oh my god, we all would. Called me for an hour. <laughs> we all would like to thank Stella Luna for existing. Um, thanks, Stella Luna. Thanks. Today. Honestly, yeah. Today, <laughs> do it today. Um, okay, are you ready, players? No. Wait, yeah. <laughs> of course, um, I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. <clears throat> I am pulling back the veil and we are stepping daintily into the world. The past three years have been a roller coaster, emotional and otherwise. Strixhaven has tested the limits of what you are capable of, how deep your drive goes, and what you are willing to sacrifice. You've been forced to face the parts of yourself that you love, hate, and those that even now you can't yet identify. Pushing against the unparalleled rigors of academia at the most prestigious mage school on the plane, while also grappling with the pieces of yourself that are slowly coming together in some sort of twisted amalgamation of who you once were and who you are going to be. There have been good days where you've felt proud and accomplished, like the future is on a platter before you, just waiting to be feasted upon. But there have also been bad days. Where you've been overwhelmed by feelings of loneliness and failure, like a single blade of grass in a redwood forest, and you're going to be the one to catch fire via an errant spark and burn it all down around you. And then there are the in-between days, perhaps those are truly the worst of all, where muscle memory alone pulls you forward and your brain idles on what it all means. Nothing hurts, but also, nothing moves inside you. But this year is going to be different, right? Right? Not many students stay on for advanced studies. The fact that you're here at all proves a level of commitment to your craft that few have matched. The new independence to be found in the coming year will surely release you from the shackles of expectation and the rigidity of curriculum. Right? Not to mention, ascension is fast approaching. The star arches have been on a low hum since you got here, and you can feel their call in your bones. Surely, on top of it all, you could finally find a firm grip on your life, your identity, your purpose, 
If only you could be chosen. If only once, just once, you could be accepted exactly as you are. But maybe godhood isn't all it's cracked up to be. If your current responsibilities feel like lead weights on your legs in the swamp, what then of the responsibilities of a deity? What does it even mean to be a god? And then, of course, there's ecstasy. Ah, it is another beautiful day on the Strixhaven campus. It's late morning and the sun is pouring into the windows of Zuo House. The morning maintenance of corporeal forms has been completed and the tenants of the house find themselves in a moment of repose before the day begins in earnest. Uh, so what I need from my players is we're gonna go around, you're going to introduce your characters, not only how they look, um, but also in that sort of most vulnerable moment when you have a spare moment between obligations and expectations and duties and schedules, and you're in your space, on your own, or maybe with a roommate, <laughs> if that applies to you, um, what, what are you doing? What are you looking like? Uh, what does your room look like? And what are you contemplating on? Uh, who, anybody want to go first or I'll just call someone? C Connie, is this, is this a menacing? <laughs> <laughs> this is a, I can go either way. Yeah, I'm Connie. talking, so I can yeah, I guess Connie, go, go for first. it. Go for it. <laughs> okay, so in Stag's room, she has a single, by the way. At the very end of the hallway next to the bathroom, it's got great real estate. It's nice. I think it's a reconverted, it's a dingle. Uh, but it's big. It's a big house, a big room for herself. Uh, Stag, we see standing in front of a full length mirror as she's getting ready for the day. She is built like a brick shithouse. Seven foot seven, a tower of muscle and just radiant nobility. She wears this ancestral armor, chiseled from glimmering jade, uh, scaled gold, shining dark leather, and this deep emerald silk. Her hair is as black as an obsidian mirror with a single braid rippling down her back. And her hair is shaved on both sides as well. Uh, on her face, she has one black eye, the color of an oil spill, and one eye that struck this milky white uh, by this jagged scar running from one shaved temple all the way down to her chin. And finally, sitting on one shoulder, uh, mouth open to reveal these jagged canines, is a stone lion that's been fashioned into a pauldron. And the same lion motif is repeated along the tabard that hangs down from her hip. Slung across her back, the centerpiece, I think, of her design is a massive gnarled great axe. It is an instrument of beautiful, vicious death. It's as gray as a slab of granite along a lightning-struck cliffside, uh, and it's engraved with these golden lions along the head as well. And at the pommel of this axe, we see a blood-red tassel hanging. We see something else as well, which are six strings 
uh, strung along the head of the axe all the way uh, down to the blade that kind of make it look like it's like an axe guitar or something. But as she's standing there, looking left and right, sort of cocking her head side to side, examining her chiseled jawline, she furrows her brow, lifts her hand up uh, to the headstock, basically, and like strokes it all the way down to the shining blade. And we see like a glamour sort of in these dark sparkles glitter all the way down, like a chain of fireworks popping along the spine as the strings become hidden. And it just looks like a normal axe. And she sort of rolls her shoulders, uh, adjusts her this, this half cape hanging uh, off of her pronounced lateral muscles uh, and nods. And as she starts to stride toward the door, we pan behind her to see her dorm room, which is so structured. It looks like she grew up surrounded by nothing but rules. There's like a bookshelf with books organized alphabetically by subjects and by color. Uh, and the wardrobe, I think the doors, there aren't any doors uh, to reveal these like very similar clothes to what she's wearing now, like all kind of hoity-toity, militaristic-esque, uh, nightly clothes, but slightly different. They all look custom-made and very high quality, and these boots and gloves, different scarves for various kinds of weather, uh, and a big owlbear rug. Like, it looks like an elder owlbear or something, like spanning almost the entire floor of this area, uh, and a very neatly made bed. Like, there's not a single speck of dust in here. Uh, and in fact, actually, as she strolls over to the door, we see her grab a, a duster uh, off a shelf, which, because she's 7'7", seven, seven, she actually reaches down to the shelf and, like, picks up the duster and, like, brushes a little speck off of the mirror before she exits. Um, oh, my God. I, the way I need stag in a maid outfit fan art, like, yesterday is wild. <laughs> Um, amazing. So we, we kind of catch the moment, uh, as Stag grabs onto the door handle to leave, the camera pushes in, uh, and pulls back out and starts ro rotating on a pivot. And we see we're in a completely different room. Uh, Liv, why don't you tell us about Ciro? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you pivot and, um, I feel like this is a juxtaposition because Connie, I feel like there's a lot of natural light coming into Stag's room. Would that be fair to say? Okay, yeah. You pivot, and the room is just pitch... Well, yes, we start off with pitch darkness. The uh, windows that are in this room have already been covered with, like, thick and heavy curtains. And as one uh, relatively shorter figure starts to rise out of bed and stretch, there's a... Uh, light, there's a trail of lights that start to alight, almost leading down from their bed through the room as if lighting a path. And as those lights flicker and start to glow with a very, very soft amount of light, we see all these different plants and vines that are growing all over the room, all very specifically plants that would thrive in low light, near darkness, as Cyril Lily Twill gets out of bed. Cyril is a five, or not five, so not five. <laughs> Cyril is about a little bit shorter than four foot, very tall for a fairy. They have a light, uh, a lighter for someone of black heritage, a uh, short, crimped, 
bob that they pull off their bonnet and their uh so their their hair which is a like a sea like a deep sea blue uh ears protrude out with um little oh goodness i'm sorry my my words are all getting tangled up i'm so intimidated after connie connie really bodied that huh <laughs> um little like earrings with um floral and leaf motifs hang from their ears they climb out of bed and yawn as they start to walk through their uh nearly transparent wings fluttering behind them. The wings start at a deep blue that then lead out to a sea foam teal that again are translucent and have very light designs etched through them. As they walk out, they sit themselves in front of their vanity where they will spend majority of their morning going through their skincare routine, uh, doing all of their serums and tinctures making sure every single lock of hair is perfectly styled. They are donning a robe that matches their natural hue. So again, lots of teals and lots of blues. Um, but set aside on a hanger is their school uniform. They don the darker greens and almost blacks of wither bloom with a little clear here or there for themselves. Um, a uh, very like stylized, fashionable look, cutting edge trends, if you will. And as they finish up their skin routine, they look at themselves, they look at their hands, take a deep breath, put on some gloves because, you know, we got to been picking a lot. Got to got to relax, got to focus. It's a new day. We'll be OK. Um, and they have this moment of repeating the, to themselves that everything will be fine. Everything is okay. New day, new year. Before letting all of that vulnerability just get locked up, just all back in and put on this perfectly practiced face of lazy attention. Um, and they start to get dressed and head out for the day. Oh my God, we love a good mask. <laughs> uh, and a good mask. You know what I mean? But um, amazing. Uh, I think one of the, the bottles with the swirling uh, liquid inside, uh, the camera pans over to that as you exit uh, and it goes until it's just like swirling. Uh, and then we pull out and it's no longer like a like a whimsical potion bottle, but a beaker sitting on top of a, a desk. And, and we pull back uh, and we pan over to find Baru, Baru in repro repose. Oh, my God. Um, I think you see a mound in a bed. There's already a mess around the bed. You can see bits of chunks of metal, tours on the ground, um, but like, the walls are covered in sketches. There's a, there's a, definitely a chalkboard there, but they seem to have written everywhere but the chalkboard. Um, and in the bed, you see someone twisting and turning. And as you pan down, you see Baru's, or Barugash is asleep. Um, and just, they seem distressed in their sleep. They're twisting and turning and suddenly bolt upright. Um, they have, they're wearing very, it's weird seeing how messy their half of the room is. Because they're wearing like very regal, not very regal, very fancy silk, um, like pajamas. Uh, they're deep royal purple. 
a bit too long in the arms for their um, for their five foot two um, stature, um, and they have a, a purple um, sleep mask on. They kind of bolt upright, breathing heavily <sighs> as they try to calm down. Um, they, their ears are ringing. Their eyes feel like they're burning as if they got splash of chlorine water. But they take a moment to breathe and calm down. Um, and what you see is, a, like I said, five foot two um, person. They're black, dark skinned, with um, golden freckles and natural golden freckles. Um, and I think right now, probably slightly smudged um, like mascara because I don't think they washed it off from the day before. Um, they have long, like about just longer than shoulder length um, hair and locks uh, that goes from black to purple and ombre. And amidst those locks, you see six snakes as she's a gorgon. Um, The shading and the way they um, shift from black to purple is exactly the same as her hair. So if you weren't looking closely enough, you could have mistaken it. But right now, with Baru suddenly waking up, I think all of the snakes kind of jolt up as well and wondering what is going on with their hosts i don't know that's a, i think that's a weird thing to talk say about your hair um but their mother if <laughs> their mo- mother i don't know um but yeah these these snakes specifically are african bush vipers no africa doesn't really exist in this world but that's the kind of snake if you want to imagine that um they have golden behind this mask and including the snakes actually um Bari has golden eyes right now darting like left to right seeing nothing because of the mask um a golden earring that I think is actually came off while they were sleeping. So I think it's on their bed. They're kind of like patting blandly to find it. So it's just a conical, kind of like a long, thin cone um, that is made out of gold and seems to shimmer with um, a bit of iridescence whenever the light hits it just right. Um, usually at their side, in a pile on the ground, actually, I think, is the uniform they usually wear <laughs> um, during the day. And it's a burgundy pinstripe waistcoat with a light blue button-up and um, slim fit um, pants and suspenders, which I think are probably like draped across the um, counter table right now. Um, several belts just lying around everywhere. And a by on their bedside table is a glowing bottle of a viscous liquid that you can only assume is ink. It's most likely ink, but it's glowing a, a light purple. Um, and then besides the bed, beside the bedside table, is a seven foot two <laughs> metallic construct just sat there with their legs kind of like hold, held up to their chest. Seems dormant. They they look, it honestly looks incredible. It's uh, They look like, oh God, what's it? What's it called? Nouveau, like Art Nouveau or something. Just It's very, very, um, you can tell that they worked in this for a long time. It looks like bands of, silver gold and brass were weaved together rather than hammered or or welded together to make a a humanoid structure that is vaguely you can tell that they based on someone it's got features on them like curves and uh, muscles which are are needless for a construct but clearly they were mimicking someone when creating this thing and they're just sat there um perfectly still as a statue waiting for Baru to make a move. And Baru just kind of swings their legs over their beds as they've calmed down. And almost on instinct, still with the sleep mask on, to still completely blind, reach for their bedside um, um, desk, pull open the drawer, and pull out two stones, um, a 
pitch black one, onyx black, with etchings along it. Um, for anyone who's looking at it, it looks a lot like a sending stone, but modified. And they pull out another one, which is crystal clear, like a diamond. And again, looks like a sending stone, but modified. And again, muscle memory on instinct. They trace a the finger around the onyx black one. This goes, <sighs> didn't have the greatest sleep, but patch notes 3872. I had an idea for the um, CAT09. And they're going to try and get up and blandly walk over to their work desk that they have in their room to start working on a, a, a scrap of. It's, it looks like a cat, but metal that they're working on. They're kind of blandly reaching for that desk um, to take a seat and start working on it. Like I said, with a steam mask on still. Amazing. Uh, and I think uh, as you're you're stumbling around, someone who is used to this, uh, maybe strange to others behavior uh, in their own moment of uh, of quiet before you uh, awake from your obvious night terror <laughs> is uh, is ecstasy. Your roommate. <laughs> If I may, I think before we ever actually see ecstasy, we see the chair slide out just so that Baru would not hit her knees on it, uh, fumbling over to the desk uh, with their sleep mask still on. And then we see this kind of like slender red hand reach onto Baru's pillow, gently, 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 very almost tentatively pick up the golden earring that's on the pillowcase. And then place it on the desk next, a few inches away from where Baru's hand is. This person moves completely silently. And as we kind of pan up uh, off of this messy desk where the golden earring now lies, we pan over to find Ecstasy, who has a rather plain face, a strikingly plain face. It's actually remarkable how forgettable their features are after you've looked at them and looked away and looking, looking at them again. How forgettable, how remarkably forgettable they are. Ecstasy has dark red skin with patches of deep scales running along the high points of their cheekbones on the top of their brow and these two long curved horns that rake up and over their forehead. Tapered ears, a tail with another reptilian, almost bladed tip to it, adorned with a few different pieces of metal, jewels, tassels. X has white hair that looks like it was once cut neatly short, but has now grown longer and longer and longer. And they haven't cut it yet. And X moves in this very particular way where as soon as the earring has been placed onto the desk, they move back and then they're still again, completely still sitting on the edge of their bed watching Baru, just particularly, and not in the kind of way where like you might idle animate, like to be like, oh, interesting. Okay. Like blink, blink. X will adopt a position stay in that position and they will not move from that position until they have adopted a different position. Like there's no idle animation to them. There is absolutely no wasted movement in that utterly forgettable face. And as their eye, like we pan up, we see their eyes, which are this flat 
empty black sclera, flat, empty black iris with a ring of shining white, like somebody flashed a halo over a void. And these eyes are trained on Baru for one moment before they flick over to their bed, which has plain black bedsheets on it. And as we see ecstasy's part of the bedroom, we see something quite sparse. It's not neat in the way that they everything has a certain place or a certain position. It's neat in the way that they don't have anything to clean up. They don't have much of anything at all. There are no posters on the wall. There are no stuffed animals. There are no notepads, bags full of trinkets. There are no chests full of coins, even... There's pretty much nothing, but I think the excess spillage of Baru's side of the room that have adopted places on X's desk and a small stack of poetry books uh, from earlier centuries stacked in a neat corner by the foot of their bed. And I think X knows better than to speak while Baru is still uh, giving morning updates, as one could say. So I think without saying a word, knowing that Baru's eye mask is still on and that they are on whatever mission of the morning that they are currently on, they take a moment and looking down at this part of their mostly empty bed, they pick up a bow, a small collapsible long bow that looks like it could also be shortened to be a short bow if you clicked certain parts of the like dark, dark wood frame into place. And there are these golden etchings along the side of the bow. Uh, And X takes that bow, places it horizontally over their lap, closes their eyes. They haven't slept in two days, three days. They're not sure at this point. It's odd how hard it is to sleep with somebody breathing. They're not used to the sound of somebody else breathing. They're used to something much quieter. Some days it's easier than others, but it's been hard the last three days to sleep. It hasn't come to them, and they haven't tried particularly hard to find it. But this time, X lowers their chin, brings the bow up to their forehead, folds at the waist so that their head is touching their knees with the bow in between, and they Pray silently. Disturbing. Thank you. <laughs> Anytime. I I love that all of this happened while Baru's blindfolded and faced the other <laughs> direction. Um, and with we kind of pull out on you through the door. We go down the hall a little bit and push into uh, another room, and that is where we find. Jaisha in their space. When we pan into Jaisha's room, you are greeted first and foremost by plants of all kinds. They're on every surface and every part of the walls hanging from the ceilings. You can find different kinds of plants, most of them succulents, taking up pretty much most of the real estate here. All of the furniture in Jisha's room is made of this very like deep, dark wood. So there's their dresser, their bed, all of it um, to match all of the plants that are around it. It's as if you had like walked into a forest. 
And you can find littered on the ground here and there are geodes of different colors, different kinds, kind of like cracked open and placed around um, almost meticulously. Like there is a special spot for each one and that they had been very specifically placed in those spots. Wherever there is not plants, furniture, or anything else, uh, what you find is just papers stacked up, tacked up on the walls. You find papers stacked on the desk. You can find papers scattered all along the beds. Um, and there's books half open, sort of like tossed about everywhere, piles of books in the corner as well. And when we pan into the room, these faint smell of an aromatic tea kind of lingers in the room. And we see a five foot seven Jesha standing there with a tea mug in hand looking at one of these papers. Jisha is this um, earth genasi with very deep, dark brown skin. And right now they are wearing um, these light green pants made of this flowing, cool fabric covered in beautiful embroidery, symmetrical, fractal almost. And they are not wearing a shirt. Their build is thick and rooted like a tree, and they have a very toned quality about them. And you can see, because they're not wearing a shirt, that starting from their chest and going all along the rest of their body is this, well, I guess the best way to describe it is a crystal vitiligo. It's blue and green and it's cracked open in their skin as if if you were to put your hand into it, you would be able to feel the minerals, the crystals that go along their body. And it sort of runs along their skin in the shape of the Fibonacci sequence, if you are familiar with it. And it ends kind of going up across into one of their eyes. And they're standing there looking. They run their hand along their very long, wavy, dark green hair, part of it up in a bun, and the rest of it kind of braided in these very thick, thick braids, framing rare face. They look with this tea mug in hand. They set it down on the dresser. They pick up their these like thin, delicate, silver-rimmed glasses, put them on, and they look in front. And they start to read all of the different pages that are in front of them. You can see as well that they have uh, their two nostrils are pierced and they have these small ear gauges and all of their jewelry is succulent jewelry, silver and beautiful as well. And on their bed, they have their shirt hanging off their belt and their signature part of every outfit, which is this large green pauldron that is in the shape of a succulent as well. And Jisha sighs, picks up a notebook, picks up a quill, dips it into an inkwell, and starts to take notes. Important to note is that there are no reflective surfaces in Jisha's room. The mirror that came with the dresser is covered entirely with different notes, different pages of some kind. And you can tell just by the way everything is sort of like tacked up, by the way that all of these pages are sort of stuck to the walls and scattered all about, everything gets moved. Those pages probably don't. And I think that's how Jaisha spends Rare Morning is by studying. Amazing. Uh, thank you for those beautiful descriptions of 
your characters in their spaces. Uh, I think we had two people that were on their way out at the end of their segments, uh, Stag and Ciro. Is that right? Uh, was anyone yeah. else on the way out of their room? I think everybody else was kind of tucked in. Okay, so y'all two walk out into the common room and um, not for the first time, uh, you find Val there. Uh, and Val is, of course, one of your fellow, Val Moira is one of your fellow uh, tenants at Zuo House. Uh, she is a turtle um, who looks like she um, went into a hot topic and um, they, they dressed her and she came back out and then she got in um, a swamp and rolled around and then she <laughs> got back out and now she's here. <laughs> Um, Good for her. And she Can I give you like, inspiration for that description as a player? <laughs> so evocative. Go roll in the hot topic. Okay, now go roll in the swamp. Okay, now all of us go home. 30 minutes describing our characters. Vanna, I got two seconds. It's not, about, it's not about the NPCs. Well, I mean, a little bit, but yeah. Uh, it's proportional. Um, pr appropriately proportional. Um, but she has been working on a little project in the common room recently. Um, and this project is maybe something you would define more as like a nuisance. But she set up a... Um, a, a vat uh and the vat she's sort of turned it into um an aquarium slash uh what uh, what do you call those things where you you put moss in it and it like self-sustains yeah it's like a terranium slash aquarium slash uh like gunk dome <laughs> And she, <laughs> she is crouched down on the ground, hovering over it. So all you can really see is like uh, the pieces of her shell that are poking out between the mesh of like her black shawl. Uh, and she's grumbling. And every now and then she'll pick up a um, uh, like what looks like a parasite and just like squeeze it. It's seemingly testing for plumpness and then grumbling something and and putting it back. And, and the closer you get to this, uh, the more potent the smell becomes uh and it is it is nearing the point of uh of sewage Ooh. <laughs> zero do do we maybe meet at the threshold yeah, i think <laughs> this is happening i think we oh, do do you want to say something now, or should I say something? How do you want to handle this? You know, let me let me try something first, and if it doesn't work, I'll let you have it. Okay. Val Moira! Good morning! How's my favorite little scientist doing? <laughs> Stag. That's me. I'm doing well, and my babies are doing even better. Look how plump oh. they are. They are quite plump. Do you mind if I... She squeezes one harder, and a little bit of, like, goo comes out its butt. <laughs> oh. Oops. That's... Fascinating, Valmoira. You know, just yesterday, those children of yours were only the size of pebbles, and now they're the size of fat little soccer balls. Thank you. I do not know what a soccer ball is, but I imagine it is larger than the original object that you mentioned. 
A pebble, yes. Well, um, Stag is gonna stride to where I assume are the curtains like drawn? Is it dark in here? Of course it is. <laughs> yeah, it's like a seance, right? So she goes over to like the window and just in like one swell motion opens up the curtains to let like think, natural light in. I think Val Moira literally hisses. <laughs> Why, Stag? Why you'll you'll disrupt the ecosystem? Well, well, all ecosystems need light, right? I'm trying to help you here. And she That's goes over to like much. the kitchen curtain and opens them up too. Yeah! What are you doing? <laughs> I'm trying to help you out. What am I? Am I doing something wrong? I don't come in your room and turn off the lights. Ciro oh, is like in the kitchen making coffee and just yells, "It's not your room. It's an extension." Of my room. It's not. This is a shared space. That's part of Sarah's it. It's mine. <laughs> Sarah's going to fly over and get in their face. And it's just like, if you want to do your science, little science experiments, do them in your room or do them in the swamp. But I, I don't have room in my room. Oh, oh zero, zero, zero. It's there, quite there's a no need to be so mean about it. Uh, and once Stag is done flinging open like the final curtain, ah! she actually... <laughs> yeah, like maybe... <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, she strides over to where Ciro is like kind of face-to-face with, with Valmoira and sort of like squats down so she's also face-to-face. And you, like both are big... like, you both are like fighting an urge to just like <laughs> plug your noses. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, Stag has this big, radiant, like toothy grin on her face as she just like looks at Valmoira and says, "Now, Valmoira, Ciro has a good point, though. I mean, this is a shared space. It would be such a shame, such a shame if something happened to your babies while we were all sharing this space together, right?" Better to put it in a contained environment, don't you think? She leans in, so she's like nose to nose with you and she goes what something like this and she squeezes the grub in her hand so hard that it pops and it splatters all over her and all over you and a little uh, some specks get all over get a little bit on zero uh and you can see like a green magic from the point of the impact starts swirling around her wrist uh, and being absorbed by her body. And she goes, that's kind of the point, Stag. I want to know what this experiment is about and, like, what makes her tick. Okay. Do you want an insight roll, roll or, or a history roll? <laughs> Either of those would be fine. If you're trying to, like, remember if she's mentioned it, you can do a history check. Or if you're trying to, like, just figure out what her deal is by her <laughs> energy, by her vibe. <laughs> You can do yeah, an insight check. Yeah, give me an insight check. They're both First a plus roll. zero for me. Let's go. Oh my god! Come on, Nat twenty. Let's do it. You're joking. That's a sixteen. A sixteen. Um, yeah, I mean, you would you would know first and foremost that uh, Witherbloom students, which you do know Valmoira to be, um, are kind of of two minds uh, of using uh, taking life in order to fuel their powers or using their powers to fuel life. And Valmoira is, of course, of the, of the latter. Um, and basically, like, the reason she set up shop here is because where your grad dorm is is central to the campus. And with the Bloom campus is, like, totally off to one side. 
so basically she's like she's trying to set up a um like a ghost station <laughs> you know where she can get <laughs> she can get her fix uh without having to go all the way to the witherbloom uh campus for uh new materia to f- to uh power herself and her work then in that case stag still smiling as she, even her face is spattered with this gross goo says <laughs> Valmora, no, 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 don't be so crass. I mean, it'd be such a shame if certain strings were pulled so you wouldn't be able to have access to such a great space anymore for your experiments. I mean, Zor Hall, Mystagogue, Zor Graves. So you're saying you're going to call your daddy on me? That's not what I said. You know what? I think you're the one they were talking about in the paper today. I don't read that shit. Well, you should. It's very informative. The gossip column's my favorite. Huh. Okay. I know your time is over. I know you're hurting, Stag, and that's why you lash out. Uh, Stag's smile, something about it cracks a little, <laughs> but it stays, it stays on her mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ciro, I think you, you know Stag well enough, uh, mm-hmm. to know that like, this is, this is her breaking point. Uh, like she it's it's like 7 a.m. And she's a hit it, uh, covered right, in this right. gross parasitic goo. And you know, she is a hair away from doing something she cannot take back. You know what? Fine. Sierra's gonna, cause you're crouched down, right? So Sierra mm-hmm. is gonna like grab the like uh the back of your collar and fly <laughs> up both like you're standing and they're hovering at your height. Um so <laughs> seven feet above um Valmora, uh Sierra just like spits, you're using too much compost, and then <laughs> Like drag stag out and away from this situation because okay. we should not be here. She closes as you walk away. She closes the curtain closest to her uh, in like the corner of the common mm-hmm. room, but leaves the other mm-hmm. to you. Uh, the other curtains you open, uh, open. Um, Ooh, can but I goes also back to her work. cast a spell? I sure. Mean. I want to do it. Um, I want to so be mean. Gonna, <laughs> I do. I do. I'm gonna stretch it. Somebody get a ladder. I'm reaching. Um, I want to cast infestation on her entire gig. Like yeah. I want oh mites, fleas, and other parasites to attack. Okay. All of the little things that she is uh, growing and building. Okay. A snack. Uh, do you have to roll anything for that? Uh no, I can it just it just um, occurs. Cast it at will. Think of the cleanse and there, right? These plants need to <laughs> make a constitution saving throw. Um I'm just they're literally grubs. I think they fail. <laughs> yeah. Um that's amazing. So as you as you turn away, you kind of do that over your shoulder. Uh, mm-hmm. what does it look like in the in the tank? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think it's um at it's like Ciro flicking a finger and this soft cloud of like all of Ciro's magic is very like tealy blue. So it's a soft little wisp, smoky cloud, um, almost glowing like a willow wisp that floats through and then pops its way into the terranium aquarium and 
like puffs, right? And instead of fully disappearing, all of those like little, all the molecules essentially that were in that um, smoke turn into small creature like creatures and critters like the kind that just absolutely destroy a garden and start eating everything that is in here uh amazing uh so i think at first val like stumbles back surprised at the sudden infestation uh and then we as the viewers see uh, a an evil glimmer go through her eyes and she she reaches behind the terrarium and starts pulling out jars <laughs> and just filling the jars <laughs> with, the, with the with the bugs that you have sicked upon her. And then she like picks them up and shakes them. And <laughs> she seems rather satisfied, actually, that uh, oh, okay. this has occurred. <laughs> but the grubs, the grubs are being forever. The grubs are being consumed. So uh your goal in that matter has been been achieved, uh, and you can hear their small, um, shivering death wails as you walk away. Um, she's a freak. Okay, well, you know, um, to each their own. <laughs> she's a freak for real. So I think uh, if there wasn't yelling loud enough uh, for Baru, Ecstasy, and Jasha, I think just the pulsing like energy, like heat coming off a of blacktop. Uh, from Stag, you probably picked up on that uh, and realized that something is going down in the the shared space. Uh, so, do any of you kind of move to <laughs> enter that situation? Yeah, I think uh, at this point, Jisha had like already put on rare shirt, the pauldron, everything like had properly gotten dressed. They have their uh, glasses kind of like tucked into the sort of uh, diamond chest window of their shirt. Uh, so it's like hanging off and they open the door and they kind of like peek their head out, I think like in the direction of the common room. And if Ciro and Stag are like exiting the room, I think Jaisha just kind of like cocks an eyebrow. Is everything okay? Jisha, Jisha, have you have you seen the morning paper? <laughs> I hadn't a chance to read it yet. Uh, give me one second, and I think Jisha goes back into rare dorm, shuffles, and you can hear the sound of like shuffling papers as they're like moving stuff around. They find it and they come back out, um, and they kind of like flick it. Like yeah, Sarah's gonna snatch it out of Rear's hands, um, very, very meanly, but at the same time, it's like coffee, coffee's in, coffee's in the pot, and just start like, just frantically trying to find this gossip column. Yeah, I think it's whoa, whoa what's it's, in the paper? I think it's always buried in the back because uh, the like heads of the university don't think it's very couth, <laughs> but they also like don't feel that they can stop a student's freedom of. Speech, I don't know. Speech. <laughs> <laughs> so they try and bury it, but it's still there. Shadow ban. Yeah. <laughs> Not the manual shadow ban. The Strixhaven oh, no. shadow ban. The algorithm said put it at the bottom <laughs> of the page. <laughs> You have to get six haven blue and you have to get a That's right. No, I'm thinking it's it's like the um the ads for like an escort. Like they're put in the back, but 
You know yeah. to flip to those if you want to see a yeah. hot lady, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. What does it say? What is in the Do you want to read it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize in advance. Oh, goodness. Uh-oh. So, like a blind item? Like, what? Huh? Do what? No. Never mind. Oh, okay. I was like, did you write it like a blind item? Because I would scream. I don't know what that means. We'll talk later. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the gossip column in the Strixhaven Star, uh, never attributed to anybody, but it's pretty cl- commonly known that it's written by Grayson Wildemere. Um, and it's Fuck called... Grayson. Fuck Grayson. Um, and it's called Gift of Gab, is what the gossip column is called. And it starts off, as it always does, Dearest reader, as we all know, insecurity is an intrinsic part of academia. Am I good enough? Smart enough? Will the work I'm doing now really lead me to where I want to go? Does that person like me? Or are they just being cordial as the space demands? Every day presents a new inner hurdle to overcome. But some, for some, their insecurities go beyond the bounds of our precious Strixhaven. One such student has carried their daddy issues through the archway commons gate like a proud hunter with a limp deer hooked around their shoulders that has grown fat on the bounty of spring. It seems with each new year at the university, their burden has grown weightier and more painfully obvious to those around them. And their first year in advanced studies seems to be at a crescendo. As you very well know, if you are an avid reader of my column, I don't typically like to name names, but the person in question hardly needs an introduction. You know them as the person who takes up a lot of space, not just physically, but also with their ego, aura, and import. But by my guesstimation, it is all to compensate for the deep inferiority that they feel, coming from a family who has something to prove and parents who are putting the full weight of it on their melodramatic progeny. It's only to be expected, not to mention the surrogate child that has been stealing daddy's admiration in recent years. So, dear reader, if you see this individual, please show them great kindness. And if they lash out, please understand it is only because of the deep hurt that they are experiencing. Empathy is our greatest strength in the fight against insecurity. Stag has been reading over your shoulder this whole time, Ciro. Oh, and yeah. I, so I'm going to try to close it and be like, so there's nothing. <laughs> this is Stag's fucking villain origin story, Vanna. <laughs> I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna have her be a villain, but you are, you have pushed me. All, all the session zeros, throw them in the trash. We're, I'm it's now starting that. This is my new path. I mean, this is inspired directly by Session Point Five. So, where does Grayson live? <laughs> he lives in Herlin House. Did we have any plans today? What day of the week is it? Are there classes? We don't have plans. You have plans today. You have plans today, Stag. You have a you have a <sighs> Mage Tower match against that's right Herlin House. I think on Stag's face is still that smile 
from earlier. She's wiped <laughs> off the gunk and has sort of like like flicked it off. The gunk that gets on her armor, I think, almost seems to slide off. It's like ever gleaming. It like never gets dirty. It's ever gleaming armor. But as she looks down at that like clasped newspaper now, there's like a, a, a pronounced pause. Her face does not change texture or expression at all. It's still kind of smiling. And then when she looks back up at Ciro and Jaisha, uh, the smile is still there, but there's something in her eyes uh, that looks a little bit more shark-like. Like the flat, deadened expression of a predator. <laughs> and Stag, And Stag just goes... Well, I suppose some people have nothing better to do than to waste their time pondering about other people's lives. Breakfast, anyone? I think Jaisha kind of like took the newspaper from Zero when they had closed it and like quickly also like read through the column as... As Stag was processing, um, and they kind of, huh, I mean, the truth doesn't have to be so brutal. Could have found a better way to say that. St- <laughs> Please, you're my best friend. Don't do this. <laughs> Stag's uh. gaze. It, like turns from zeros to, to look at you, Jaisha. And there's a moment where you you have, you think she's gonna like say some shit, and then all that comes out is, "Thank you, I appreciate that. That's very kind of you to say." You're welcome. I don't think that this gossip column should exist. No matter what else. Vildemir going to do with his time? Lack of talent. He has so much money, he can put that to good use. Oh, no, 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 no. You know, he's, he is a very talented writer. I mean, there were some choice verbs and adjectives in that column. He, he, he is, he's skilled. He's a skilled um, wordsmith. But, um... We have better things to occupy our time with today, don't we? There's that rousing match of Mage Tower that I've been looking forward to all week. Shan't let a little storm cloud like this get us down. Question for Vanna. Is Grayson on the Herlin House team? No. Okay. But it is his house, so he might be there. Um, so at this point, I think Exxon, maybe even this conversation is happening right outside your door at this point. <laughs> uh, Exxon, uh, and Baru, you are definitely aware of, uh, of the sort of heated, uh, presence coming from the kitchenette. <laughs> I am going, how do you think Baru, I think the ringing that Baru had had in their ears is actually just dying down. I think they probably catch like the end part of the whole interaction. Um, and even then, I think this is just very funny. Um, I think they're, they, they walk out with um, another stone. I think it's like just like a, a, use, a device that they use to call and give updates to um, Arcadian Graves. 
So I think they're literally coming out being like, um, see, I just I just put in the metacin, um, metaphysical cylinder. I think that should help with the transmuting of the CAT 0.9. Um, hopefully make it a bit easier to cast things like animate object or, or, um, or enhance or enlarge and reduce. I think it'd be really useful for things like portable, easy to carry in portable vehicles. Um, but let me know what you think anyway. Uh, I think I'm hungry. Yes, I'm hungry. And they, they end, end the um, call. I think it's like voice, it's a voicemail. So like no one replies back, but they end the call and walk out. Still in their silk pajamas, they look up at everyone. Hey, uh, did I... Did I miss something? Uh, were we meant to meet here? Why are all of you outside of my door? Wildemir's on another writing kick, let's call it. And Drisha will hand Baru the newspaper. Baru will take it and flick through and skim through it. Oh. Who's this about? <laughs> it's about me, Baru. Grayson is like shit trailing off a goldfish. Actually, I think part of it was also about you, Baru. Baru that looks part. down at the... And X is suddenly just fucking there. Like they were not there before, and they're there. Like good heavens, just looking, looking over Baru's shoulder, dressed finally in the classic like long black scarf that they always wear, tilting down so that like this long earring with a like sword with a little ruby tip is kind of dangling over their chin. That part right there. I think that part's about you. Surrogate child. You, so you're. I mean, clearly everything is wrong. None of this really matches up. Truth doesn't matter when it comes to these gossip rags. What's taken and extorted and exaggerated for whatever, I guess, whatever fuels his little fire or. You know, uh, and Stag, <clears throat> upon seeing X actually, like, materialize out of nowhere, <clears throat> she, she clears her throat, and for the first time uh, since the gossip rag came out, like, reveals a little bit of anxiety or nervousness. Uh, she actually, like, takes, takes the newspaper kind of quickly from you uh, before X can, like, kind of, like, like, absorb it some more. She kind of, like, rolls it up very quickly and actually, like, sticks it uh, in, like, the back of her belt. Well. I'm off to get breakfast to prepare for our Mage Tower match later today. Would any of you care to join me? Yes, I'm very hungry. I realized I didn't eat last night, so I have a lot of catching up to do when it comes to that. Um, where are you going? Are we eating here? I can cook. I can probably cook. Well, I... And as you are like... discussing this, <laughs> uh, you hear a blood-curdling scream come from uh, the front yard of Zuo House. X is already moving. Uh, I think as soon as the scream happens, X knows the fastest way in and out of Zuo 
house, like in any direction. So I think they know that the fastest way to get out onto the is lawn jump out of the window. Is Yes, is to pivot, uh, go through their room, kick open the bottom of the window that they share with Baru, and, like, vault out of it. I was joking, but you're serious. Okay, yes, I love it. Oh, yeah, no, I was fully serious, yeah. Um, how many stories are, are you on this first story? Are you on the second story? Is there five stories for some reason? I imagine there's two. Okay, and you're on the and you're jumping out of the second one. I guess you should probably give me uh, acrobatics or a, a dex save or whatever your dex check, whatever you like. I would love to Has... give you an acrobatics check. Yes. Oh. Go ahead, Drac. Actually, no, never mind. I forgot what class C is. They don't need my help. <laughs> <laughs> would a twenty six do it for you, Vanna? Oh, would it? Um, please describe your flawless. <laughs> vault from the second story window x is like their face doesn't change as this scream rings out but their heads like turns and their entire body like follows that movement and it's three strides across the room they know exactly where baru knocked over like some uh, like a piece of mechanical tinkering so they know that it's in the spot where their foot should go uh so they overcompensate to stake an extra long step over that so they kind of do like a long jump across the room and before they even get to the window their foot like strikes out kicks open the bottom of the window so it flies open uh, as they grab the top of it and they like just like swing themselves out feet first they follow the momentum i'm gonna say they do a flip because it was like over they're just because just because uh and they land perfectly still uh among the bushes and the yeah yeah they do they do do that they t-pose <laughs> they t-pose in the grass they land not uh, the naruto arms <laughs> oh yeah they need to be more bad for that <laughs> this t-pose versus naruto run um what is everybody else doing I'm stag is also like running Okay. But like a normal person, uh, like <laughs> taking the stairs. Like as soon as she heard the no the scream, she's going. She's yeah. picking it. I imagine you're probably like you've got a wide stride. You can probably skip five steps at a time. You're yeah, I have uh, forty feet of movement. Uh, yeah, you you skip oh stairs on the on the way down, and and you're mm -hmm. there uh, pretty quickly after X uh, uh, sticks the landing. Um, what is everybody else doing? I think Jaisha is also joining, but I think they actually, they like start to go out, Ray pauses, goes back into rare room, grabs a notebook and a pen, <laughs> kind of tucks it into their, into their belt and then runs out. Okay. Perfection. I think you're muted, Liv. One day. God willing, the creek don't rise. I'm gonna figure it out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'm. Listen, I'm the resident bumbo. I was trying to keep it under control, but tech? You, you've what been you've do? been exposed. Uh, yeah, I've been exposed, and now um, we all have crushes on you if we didn't already. So, um, yeah, no, I'm going to. Uh, Sierra's going to like give Jay Show a look for that because, like, really. Really? Um, and then is going to like <laughs> zoom. They're gonna fly out to follow everybody. But you did wait to see where Jaysha was going. <laughs> yeah, because like I I thought we were going together and then Jason turned around and I was like, like what, what are we doing? Oh my goodness. One time I was uh 
content warning for never mind. I don't want to tell this story. <laughs> that is the point is is that that has happened to me one time, and uh, my friend turned around and went back to get their M and M's, and I was like, "What is? No, we need to go now." <laughs> No, see, JJ is getting a notebook. It's for it's for observations. You never know what, uh, yeah. what we're about to encounter. Yeah. Enjoy your M and M's, Jaysha. Um, you memory. <laughs> you paid eight dollars for those at the movie theater, so you better. Whoa, eight dollars a month. Oh my god, dude! If Twitter Blue came with like Reese's Pieces, I would do it. I'd do it. I'm easy. Uh, you hear um, that, Elon? How easily we are swayed. <laughs> I'm a baby. Uh, Drac, what is Baru up to? Um, I think Baru makes a, a start for the door and then realizes they're still in a pajama, so they turn around, just a full 180 turn, and goes into the room to just quickly get changed. <laughs> I love that. I'm, I'm, I'm um, kind of surprised they had the presence of mind, to be honest. <laughs> they, I think all of the other clothes are in, like, needs to be washed. I think this is the only clean pair. I think the kind that waits until there's literally nothing left and like, okay, I guess I should do the laundry Ooh, now. Oh my God, it's me. Um, <laughs> so like, I don't want to do laundry tomorrow. So, and they just turn around and get changed Amazing. real quick. Uh, so you all make it out there eventually. Uh, obviously X is going to <laughs> get the premium spot. Uh, super shotgun on the front lawn. Um, Stag is close behind. And then we got Jason Ciro a little bit after that. And then um, for a moment, people think Baru isn't coming. Uh, and then you hear the iconic, uh, what, 700-pound footsteps of Star. It's 500. <laughs> 500, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Overshot a little bit. Um, coming down the steps. So uh, X, you see first uh, as you l- launch yourself out the second-story window. Um, you see as the second guttural scream comes out. Uh, and what you see is Rubina on the ground, prostrate, uh, and Carrie, your, the other, uh, one of the other tenants that you share Zuo House with, is bent over her. Uh, and she's like, oh my God, oh my God, are you okay? Uh, Rubina's not moving. Um, but then there's like a heartbeat and Rubina sits up like, um, you know, like in those old cartoons where just like skeletons are just like, mop, <laughs> like down here and they do this. And she, she strikes out a hand uh, across the field at um, Axe, who, again, is another one of your Azua House tenants, who's standing there kind of like looking flabber, like a, a mix of concern and flabbergast uh, across their face uh, until he gets hit with... Um, the brunt of of this magic attack from uh rubina and the there is a mascot a spirit statue mascot that tries to step in the way at the last second in front of axe uh and takes the brunt of it uh and is just like completely assaulted by this uh black ichor magic uh and sends it sprawling backwards and the the soul and consciousness all but being uh completely knocked out of the statue and it ends up falling back on axe uh and axe um, absolutely gets crushed beneath it because without uh the control of the spirit inside it it's just a 500 pound marble statue uh and just gets completely crushed and immediately goes quiet Uh, And then when everybody else comes out, uh, you see sort of the aftermath. Oh, and and after that attack, 
Rubina goes immediately back down. It was like a pop-up book. And, and she is back down, and there is ash in the air uh, still, and it is settling over everything, particularly over, uh, like, Rubina's face, obscuring her features. Uh, and the rest of you, when, come, when you come out, you see the two figures both prostrate on the ground. They're about 20 feet between them. Carrie has backed off at this point once Rubina did the counterattack. Uh, and she is uh, a fierce but feminine tiefling with rose-colored skin and uh, long, uh, silky hair, and she's slowly backing away, and her eyes look wild. Uh, and then they, she turns to Stag and, um, and X and goes, it wasn't me! It wasn't me. They they were warming up, okay, for Mage Tower match today. And Axe went a little overboard. You know he does that sometimes, right? Uh, and he just hit Rubina really hard. Like, he hit her hard. And I thought she was down, but then she sat up. I mean, you saw, right? Axe, you were, you were here? Uh, so Axe is getting crushed by a big statue. Yes. Right? Uh, I think X is already over at the statue, uh, and they just throw over their shoulder very calmly, like notably calmly to Stag. Stag, help me with this, will you please? Stag's already there. Uh, Stag, as soon as that statue went on Axe, is at the statue side. Like, you don't even need to ask for Stag to be there. Uh, and she is already raging. Uh, so on her way over to the statue, the stone lion pauldron on her left shoulder uh glows it glows this bright black and gold light just boom, 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 shooting out and there's like a ghostly stone lion seems to like explode echo like a heartbeat uh, off of her shoulders once and lets out a, a as she like surges forward and her eyes also begin to glow um the milky white one glows like a, a bright white and the black one glows uh, a bright gold uh, as she runs over to the statue side and tries to heave it up and off Beautiful. Okay. Uh, well, if so, is X helping or you're like too on it? So by the time X turns around, you're you've already have it handled and and they back off. <laughs> which which Can one of those together? Is, it? is that okay? Uh, with you kind of, together. Okay. So yeah. roll with advantage. And then what does uh, what does rage give you? It gives me advantage on strength checks. So uh, how do we do? How do we do super advantage? Do that. What about up what, to you. what about roll advantage and then also roll a d6 and you can add that to your roll. Oh, I like that. Okay, into it. Is it athletics or just a strength check? Uh, up to you. Up to you. I will do athletics because I'm proficient in that. Okay. Ooh. Uh, twenty seven. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, especially between the two of you, I think I think Stag is doing the the majority of the of the heavy lifting <laughs> quite literally on on this one. But between the two of you, it's almost like some light as a feather, stiff as a board shit. And you're able to, like, pick up the the 600, 500, 600 pound statue with no issue and just sort of sort of toss it to the side uh and beneath it is axe like still like crushed into the ground like some sort of horrific uh humanoid meteor uh and his limbs are all like uh, at odd Ugh. angles and his phalanges like look rigid <laughs> and strange and his eyes are open but they're not seeing anything 
Um, and I think that's when everybody else kind of makes it outside. Uh, and you and you catch the moment that the two of them pull the statue off. But you also swivel your vision and see Carrie sort of looking back and forth, follow her eyes and see Rubina is also been hurled back into the ground in some sort of like um, fireball that uh, went a little too hard <laughs> uh, and ha is not moving. Aru staggers backwards when they see this. And what happened? Are they okay? I, I, I didn't do it. They just, we were practicing. Okay, right? You saw it, X, right? And, and I, and they just, they, you know, you know how X is? He just. Are they dead? I, I don't think so. Are they dead? <laughs> Looks me, over. Are they dead? I'll I'll go cast spare the dying to make sure they're not dead. <laughs> I think uh, Jaisha's also running over with Zero as well. Um and mm -hmm. assuming that they're not dead is also gonna cast cure wounds over yeah. Rubina's body. Okay, yeah. Um how does spare the dying work, Liv? Um, it's a touch and I just get them to not die oh, they become stable basically i love it yeah i think i think there was definitely uh some some rigidity going through moving through rubina's body and uh an ashen uh complexion coming across her face but when you do that you can see the warmth leach back into her her skin and uh and a little bit of twitching <laughs> of the extremities um and maybe a little moan like uh not not a sexy one but um you know like a groan of pain. like a, my soul just returned to my body kind of moan um yeah. not, not in a sexy way um and, and then go ahead and cast your uh cure wounds Amna. uh rubina is going to heal for 10 hp as i think jaisha watches zero work and then as soon as zero they are done casting their spell uh jaisha takes their hands and kind of runs it along maybe like Rubina's arms. And you can see this like, uh, like light blue, light green, uh, like fractals starting to appear out of their fingers and kind of like almost as if Jaisha is like tattooing Rubina's body with magic start to appear on mm. her arms. And then they kind of sink into her skin as she heals for 10 HP. I love that. Uh, yeah, you see even more of the life. Uh, <laughs> oh, thank you, Connie. Uh, Connie actually rolled higher on the strength saving throw. So I think the statue has gone flying. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I imagine in your franticness, you weren't being super mindful of where it went. So it's just like cracked the front door in half. <laughs> just split half the hinges have come off. And there's just it's just like a like a karate chopped pop tart situation. Um beautiful. Uh as you were you were doing this you see more of the life return uh to Rubina and she, her eyes like blink a few times and she looks up at you um and then also like looks down at the I it sounded like a, a in a way a caress. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> 
It is gentle is it? and it is loving. So if you want to interpret that as a caress, I will let you I do so. I mean, I so. think that's the literal definition. But um, so she also like is coming to and the kind of first thing that she perceives is this very like gentle and warm and healing caress on her arm. Uh, and then she so she looks at the arm and then she looks up into your face and it's almost like she's seeing you for the first time or seeing, uh, I don't know, a different part of you that she hadn't seen before. Uh, and she uh, sputters and some ash like clouds out of her mouth. And she goes, thanks. Are you OK? What happened? Axe just, you know, Axe just axed. I should have known better than to partner with him for the practice. But here, let me help you up. And Jisha will offer rare hand to Rubina. Uh, yeah, they take it. Or she takes it uh, and stands up. But she still seems very unsteady on her feet. Uh, she's still covered in ash she's like trying to wipe some of it off her face and it's the the moisture from the from like the sweat and the heat and probably the tears um just smudge it so it just looks like she has black paint on her face instead of ash and it's a bit um a bit fruitless <laughs> hey 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 um here lean lean against me i don't think that you're gonna be okay to play mage tower today uh and when you say that there's another voice from behind you that says, are you serious? They were our key players in the match today. Of course, Rubina can play. Uh, you see Rubina, you like, look over your shoulder, uh, and Ziggy is standing behind you, who is a hill dwarf, also one of the tenants of Zuo House, built like a brick house, uh, and just made of pure athletic prowess and zeal. <laughs> and, uh, and she is typically, uh, she has sort of deemed herself the coach of the Zuo House Mage Tower intramural team. Uh, and she's she's bringing bringing that thunder right now. Uh, and Rubina looks kind of she twists her head to look over your shoulder and ends up just like resting her chin on on Jaisha's shoulder. And then just goes, I, I don't know, Ziggy, I, I, I want to, but I don't I don't know if I'd be much use today. Uh, and Ziggy just throws up her arms uh, and then starts walking over to uh, to Axe to kind of assess what's going on with him. Yeah, Coach Axe is not looking good. Listen, pushing through pain isn't good for the body in the long term. I really don't think we should put these two players in play today. All right, Stag, you don't get to tell me about pushing through pain, okay? You know, one time... I asked an elephant to sit on my foot. Yeah. I mean, you're badass as hell, Ziggy, but uh, listen, maybe some of these that, folks aren't. I as... ran a marathon immediately after. Yeah, and you got first place. Yeah, I know the story. It's uh, pretty incredible, but listen, these kids, not quite as impressive as you. Get what I'm saying? Maybe they should be held to a slightly lower standard than someone of your acumen, your grace, your charm, your fervor should be. Know what I mean? Absolutely give me a, <laughs> a roll for that. Roll? An ass yeah. kissing roll? An ass kissing roll. Performance? Uh, <laughs> sure, I'll allow Persuasion. it. I'll allow like, it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
please. Not really in your line of trade, but. <laughs> no, Connie, no. I did not do well. That's an eight total. An eight? Uh, okay, yeah. Ziggy makes direct eye contact with you and it's and is like, four, year four. We're on year four of university trials and tribulations every day. And they can't handle, what, a little smush? A little flambe? We've got healthy hail other players right here. Who? And Stag gestures at X, Jaisha, Zero, and Baru. So the people, that were, behind, <laughs> the people that were already playing were Stag, um, Jaisha, and X. So your your extras Just Baru and Zero. <laughs> yeah. Your extras Barry's are peeking out from behind um, Star, which is this contract giant um, seven foot two contract. Um, currently glowing. The eyes are glowing red, um, gold with um, runes and sigils along the edges of the metal that is made of glowing golden as well. And just see Barry peeking the head out, just like, is X okay? Is he dead? Ziggy looks no. over at Baru and then back at you and goes again, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, are, are you are you serious? Is this <laughs> Are you serious right now? Star 13 is huge and Zero, I'll buy you ramen after this. Really, really good one. Top shelf. Tonkatsu. Not the top shelf. We can- <laughs> Not the top shelf concoct. We only bring it out for the best. That's what I want. Um, there's very much a moment that Ciro has of like running <laughs> and sporting and sweating. Uh, I think while what? you're while Ciro's considering, oh, Ziggy walks yes. over and just starts pinching her. <laughs> Like not as a not as a to annoy them, but to assess their <laughs> abilities. <laughs> okay, well, here's the truth, everybody. Ciro's got a ten in strength. Uh, <laughs> like no, like a plus zero. Like their score is ten plus zero. Don't get it's excited. average. It's um, average. It's not bad. It's average, but I do think they like flitter their wings. Just. Don't touch me. Um, well, they can fly, which would definitely come in handy for Mage Tower. But they're a great caster. One of the best. On my honor. Nobody can throw an Eldritch Blast faster than me. It's true. But, and I like point at, um, I, I pointed, I'm standing and I look straight up at Stan. And I point a very angry finger. You owe me big time. How about this? Uh, If we lose, I'll owe you that ramen. But if we win, I'll owe you big time. Fine. Uh, And I think while y'all are having that exchange, Ziggy's gone over and grabbed Baru by the wrist and is dragging... Uh, dragging them <laughs> over and then sort of like positioning them next to Stag and Zero and then walking back and taking a look at the bigger picture and shaking their head and is going like, I don't know. Maybe we should just cancel. I mean, Harlan House could use the win. I haven't played yet. 
And if this is any indication about what the game is like, I would like to participate today. Yeah, I heard about you having to change clubs because of the incident. And X's <laughs> face mimics shame. Like, it's a, it is not the emotion, but it is the perfect mimicry of that emotion. An approximation. Where they turn their face, an approximation. They put their chin perfectly down. They lower their eyes for exactly, like, three and a half seconds before flickering them up once and then back down again. <laughs> they literally, like, clasp their hands together and go, that was unfortunate. But I would like to play Mage Tower, please. You misunderstand me, X. That might not be appropriate in the role-playing club, but anything goes on my mage tower field. And they, like, <laughs> punch you. Not, like, punch you, but, like, camaraderie punch you in the arm. X gets punched in the arm. They look at it, and then they wail her back, also in the arm. But like too hard? Can you make can Definitely you make an attack roll? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can. Uh oh. <laughs> Let's see. We're gonna need another member. Y'all are gonna have to go get Val out here. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Tell me why I rolled a natural one. Uh, for a total. You're lying. So here's oh, what no. I here's Not what I lying. think happened instead is you tried to approximate that gesture, right? Uh, of of and oh yeah, and you do the opposite of walloping them, and instead just like swing really hard, but totally like airball it. So it's just like this weird. It's like you did a weird like she santy move on accident. And then you kind of just I think, have to I think play it's because it they remember at the last minute they're not supposed to. I think they remember at the last minute they're not supposed to punch people. No hitting, no so hitting, they like, no hitting. They remember no like hitting. Baru sitting X down, like <laughs> it's just role play. We use foam swords and we don't actually punch each other. <laughs> uh, and Ziggy so just X has yeah. internalized that. Yes, it's good. It's good. Le it's good to learn. <laughs> uh, and Ziggy watches you and is just like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then turns around uh, to face Baru and is like, well, are you in? Um, uh, I think you, if you look past, Ziggy, oh yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Just past Ziggy's head is X, who like, is nodding, which is the best approximation of excitement that they have yeah. going on. It's like the most excited you've seen them. And I think past X, so it's like the camera is slowly, it's, it's, uh, it's <laughs> focused on Baru and then it pans back and it's focused on X and then it pans back and it's uh, Jaysha and um, Jaysha and Rabina and Rabina just goes like, gives you like a painful thumbs up. <laughs> Jaysha's also I, I, smiling and nodding because Ray really wants to play today. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think Bari very clear, like they don't they don't make it subtle. They very clearly look around Ziggy and sees everyone's like nodding faces and just goes back and goes, Yeah, I, I guess. Um I'm not very strong. It's not all about to be. strength, yeah. Can Star come with me? Uh you see, well, actually, um, everyone give me an, in, uh, 
why do I want to say notice roll? That's not how D and D happens. <laughs> perception. Uh, perception check. Thank you. <laughs> Nine. Oh, uh, twelve. Ten. Okay. Also a ten. Wow. Nineteen. Seventeen. You have to roll with disadvantage, Drac. Me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Still 17. I wrote a net 20 in the second Damn! Time. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I, was I was trying to account for your um, obliviousness. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's in regards to Star, I am magically bonded to Star. Fair, 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 fair. Um, what Ciro and Baru notice is, is Ziggy's eyes flit over to uh, the statue that is now laying prone on the broken door uh, on the front of Zuo house and sit there for a beat and then look back at Star and then goes, yeah, Star can play. Oh, okay. I got a 19. <laughs> what so, is going on? Can I you, yeah, can you, I you know that, uh, or you can pick up that, you don't think Ziggy is intending for Star to play, but to yeah. be the replacement for the mascot they were going to use for their team. Right. Okay. You know what? Not my robot. <laughs> Not my robot. <laughs> um, and then Ziggy is like, kind of lets out a sigh <laughs> and does, does like a motion to calm herself. And then kind of comes back into her body and is, is chipper again. It's like, all right, sounds good. I'm going to take Axe to the infirmary. And then I will see y'all at the field because we've wasted the entire morning. And now it is time to do this, whether you're ready or not. Uh, and she, she intentionally looks at Ciro and <laughs> Baru. Uh, okay. Um, oh, I don't know I'll, the rules. I'll take Star to help get her set up, too. Oh. Uh Okay, uh, look after them. Um, if they need oiling and they pull out from their bag, they do a satchel in the like they hand out a just like a oil, like little, um, I don't know what it's called, but a little thing that with oil that can oil the joints. Like a little oil can, here yeah. You go. Oil can, that's it, that's the word. Um, <laughs> here you go. Um, where else? Uh, here's. Oh, their sword. And they're I, gonna... <laughs> I, I, I'm picturing that Baro has like a diaper bag for. <laughs> They, uh, they have like literally they have like a bunch they have like three or four belts around their waist and each belt has a bunch of pouches and satchels on them and just it. pulls stuff out of it um i think already on star's back is a war hammer like a, a huge war hammer on their stretch to their back and a shield as well um but yeah they pull out they pull out like some a small kit of like like little portable tools like not not like small miniature version of tools Hands it over as well. Like, if there's any maintenance on the way, here you go. Or you just let me know. I can fix her, um, her up pretty easy. Um, and you might have to explain the rules to me. Oh, they can, they can take care of you. Uh, and oh. then she takes whatever you've handed her, hands it to Star, and then goes and, like, bodily picks up Axe, who's still very... <laughs> rigid uh and starts walking uh down the lawn and um zuo house is one of the most prominent uh buildings on the campus it was an old building back when uh Strixhaven was originally founded and it was renovated in the last uh couple hundred years to become a dormitory uh and named after 
Stag's grandfather, who has previously ascended in a, la uh, a previous cycle of ascension. Uh, and it has a the perfect view. To the right is the Archway Commons, uh, sort of like the, the picturesque park that is the entrance that uh, everybody see takes in before they enter any other part of the campus. It's it's a very popular hangout spot and uh, and very romantic place for a, a picnic or something. Um, and then if you shift your gaze a little to the left, you can see uh, the huge expanse of the bibliopex, which just domes into the sky uh, like some sort of man-made mountain. Uh, and then there's also further to the left, the row of trees on the path that leads and then bridges across uh, to the bibliopex. So you really are in the center of things. You have like, uh, oh, and then just like within walking distance to one side is Fire Jolt Cafe, the coffee shop. And then walking distance to the other side is uh, is Bow Tavern, the the ta the tavern. <laughs> As it were. So you just have like the sweetest, most central coveted spot, basically, uh, of the entire campus. So you see uh, you see Ziggy walk off with Axe in their arms, Star uh, poddling behind them as they go off towards the infirmary, which is also relatively central to the main campus. Um, and yeah, is there anything y'all say to each other uh, before we close out this scene and cut to our Mage Tower match? I, I think the only thing that... I would just say because um, so Star isn't like I guess just so everyone knows as well because things might happen to Star and might, people might get worried. Star isn't like a living creature. They're just like they're literally a robot. So when um, when Ziggy says they're going to take Star you see um, Bari reach a hand out and touch the back of Star and you see a sigil appear. It's almost like a like a, a square sigil appear and it kind of slowly ticks into so it's on its corner and you hear a click and then in Draconic, so anyone who can speak Draconic or read Draconic can understand it, it says um, input command. And then Baru in Draconic just speaks and says, follow Ziggy. And then the sigil shifts and closes and then Star follows Poor. Ziggy. Poor. Uh, also, really quick, should we, uh, should we call uh, Star like, does it have pronouns? Should we call it it? Oh, um, she, they, it. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Anything else you want to do before we close this scene? You are all Anything on the lawn, the remnants of uh, uh, of the very short-lived battle are around you. The front door is broken. I think at this point, you have uh, one, not roommate, but a fellow tenant at Zuo House who is just like this very um, quiet, almost to the point of creepiness, uh, Alan. Uh, and I think I think she's just standing in the broken door. So like the bottom half of her uh, and the top half of her are mostly covered, but you can see like a cut of her, like one of her eyes and the top of her shoulder. And she's just standing there watching. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, no, yeah, I forgot. See, I something. No, please. I would have to do the door. So like I can do it later. <laughs> I think the last thing uh, that X does is kind of the whole time that this had all been going on, they had been paying particularly close attention to Axe's body somewhere between uh, being alive and being dead. Uh, and as uh, the coach walks away, uh, they kind of have just been like thumbing the like one idle movement that's happening is their thumb is rubbing over one particular sigil on their bow. 
Um, and they just get this kind of like very far away look um, as they watch them go until they're both out of sight. Uh, and then they turn and smile at Bar- smile at Baru, the perfect approximation of what a smile should look like on somebody's face. I'm glad you're playing today, Baru. Me too. I haven't got to play in a game with Star before, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, how does it work? I never watched a match. And all that like stag <laughs> whirls around like this is her time to shine. <laughs> so I think she collects her bar. I think we see a sweeping motion from Stag, who uh, suddenly gets the confidence and the, and the focus back in their body, and they launch into instructions. Uh, and maybe while y'all are walking to the stadium, because it is uh, about time for the match, uh, and Stag is is able to give you a thorough uh, explanation of the rules of Mage Tower, which is really not that complicated is it is it um and with that we're gonna we're gonna plop over to the stadium um uh, i think barry is still like kind of trying to fix himself up a bit because i think they rushed when they put their <laughs> when they got changed and you see they put the earring on and i think the weird thing about this earring and especially now that you see it actually on is that it doesn't actually have anything to clip onto the ear you see Baru kind of raise it up to the ear and then let go, and it kind of just floats there. And it moves mm-hmm. as if, like, if they move their head, it moves as if it's attached to something. But there's, if you look closely and you wave your hands across it, there's nothing actually connecting it to the ear. Um, uh, I think this would be probably normal to everyone else because she's had this since coming to Strixhaven. But, yeah. An enchanted adult. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as, as, as we're walking too like stag is looking at this new group of mage tower teammates uh and she like finishes doing like the last of the rules education over to baru and as she turns uh she kind of pauses on the field before we reach the actual arena and she sort of says well um any questions any concerns anything like that of that matter and there's this kind of like exuberance and glow to her like she's really excited to play uh but also it's interesting that even on the heels of what the gossip column like she had taken a a beat to like take it in right and then the scream happened and everyone poured out onto the onto the common lawn um but you know based on her reaction so far and based on how she's carrying herself she doesn't honestly she doesn't particularly seem deflated like she just sort of like took the gossip column in stride sort of nodded and then just has gone on uh with her with her day uh and now this is like the next thing that she's looking forward to you like almost get the sense that like this is a very common occurrence for her like she's not particularly bothered these rumors and this sort of Mm -hmm. like talk is not new to her uh so as she's looking around at each of you uh that brightness is still in her face i love it uh, and, and maybe a wee bit of compartmentalization. <laughs> uh, we're just going to lock that away and bury it deep. Lock it away and bury it deep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I got the map Inter- all set up. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to keep role playing to fill yeah, the yeah, silence yeah. if mm-hmm. you needed to. Go for it. Uh, in response to Stag's question, X looks up out of the corner of their eye and says, Anything goes? Yeah, anything goes. <laughs> okay, good. Um, Stag and would, as- would know, I don't know if Stag would explain, but Stag would know that um, there are magical things in place to keep you from 
like permanently harming or destroying each other. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely explained that that like there's temp HP uh, to prevent deaths or g- genuine long-lasting injuries, uh, but within the bounds of that, pretty much anything goes. Cast spells, swing your weapons, do whatever you want. What position does the least amount of work, would you say? Support. Wow. I disagree with that. Firstly. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do support. What's the position that does the second least amount of work? Uh, probably the sniper, because you're just up on the balcony sniping stuff. Uh, important to note is Stag is listing all of the positions that Jayshof plays. Yep. Like, um, <laughs> Jayshof is just, just, every time Stag talks, it's just like, I disagree with that as well. Without the support for the sniper, nobody else would be able to do their jobs. I could probably be a right, good sniper. But the jobs of scoring points, which is what wins games. You wouldn't be able to score a point if the rest of the enemy team is on your ass without a sniper or your support uh, to handle them. Oh, I mean, I guess if you're weak. Sure. Yeah, I, I can see why that might be your perspective, Jaisha, for sure. Uh, but no, you know, I like to play uh, goalie or enforcer. Uh, Jaisha, what, what do you play? <laughs> support or sniper. <laughs> Um, you y'all have entered the field. You're at, uh, the match today is at Aerojaunt, uh, which is sort of the practice field. When Strixhaven originally opened, it was like the premier field. It was the Strixhaven Stadium. Uh, but in recent years, since there's been more stadiums that have opened up uh, across cam- uh, campus to sort of accommodate the uh, influx of students, uh, this one has not gone by the wayside, but it is used more for uh, practice matches and silk ball and uh, cheer squad practice than it is for major games. So your intramural skirmish is the uh, the perfect um, the perfect thing to host here. Uh, and as you're walking up, you you walk onto the the center of the of the dirt field, um, and uh, someone starts jogging lightly up to the group of you, uh, and uh, a good amount of you re- recognize it as Xanther, Xanther Bowen, who is. Um, th- one of the most popular people on campus, just like effortlessly, effortlessly charismatic, uh, wholly oblivious, I think, to their own social standing. <laughs> uh, but uh, just a total sweetheart and always like excited and literally shouts affirmations at people when they walk by him on campus, like just just exuding positive energy. Also, the captain of the cheer squad uh, appropriately. Uh, and he especially, uh, specifically runs up to Ciro and goes, Ciro, I didn't know you played. Total 180. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, I played. It's, it's not a big deal. Yeah, what position? You play? I, didn't, I thought this was your first time, Ciro. I am a avid player back home. Um, and I found, thought it was finally time to just like bring the skills here. Uh, I'm a sniper. Oh, wow. Usually. You know, that makes sense. You have a lot of power in a compact body. If you don't mind me saying. <laughs> no, I don't. It's like a, you know, like a explosive. You're like an explosive. 
<laughs> Zero's actually the best sniper that we have. Oh, is that right? Uh, there's some really good ones uh, on campus. So I haven't seen, I don't know how I haven't seen you. I cheer for most of the games. I mean, even the intramural ones, like the cheer squad's not supposed to show up, but I want everybody to feel supported. So I come and cheer alone. Sierra's uh, uh, going to like uh, flit up and like put a hand on Xanther's shoulder and just, and we appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah, I, I mean, I was just saying, because it's weird, I haven't seen you. Like I said, I'm new to the game. I, I play a lot back home in the Fey Realm. Oh, man, I bet it's so cool to play in the Fey, Fey Realm when, you, when you're all flying around. and it's The rules are a little different because we all fly, so yeah. Wow, yeah, I mean, that's such a boon for this game uh, on this plane of existence, so... You, you, you're gonna do amazing. You're just gonna have to. You're just gonna have to watch. Oh, I'm gonna. My peepers, right on you, Ciro, uh, and the rest of you. I know you're gonna do great today. Uh, and then he does like a a, a a sort of energetic jog and <laughs> salutes all of you, and then goes back to the <laughs> sidelines um, where there's two like rickety bleachers set up on the back end, uh, and it's not filled with people, but there is a smattering of students there. Uh, it's the weekend; they have some extra time, and uh, watching the graduate houses ver verse each other is always like a big dramatic game so they're excited everybody's got their their snacks and their treats and uh xanther runs over and immediately is just like okay who's with me uh and it, despite themselves the people in the audience i think if anyone else was doing this it would be very cringe um but it's xanther it's xanther and they're like yeah mage tower let's go zool house harlan house let's go and he by himself is getting everyone riled up uh, and as you watch him, I would die for Xanther. <laughs> as you watch him run over, uh, you see someone else is standing on the sidelines, and it is the one and only Grayson Wildemir, who is uh, sort of watching, standing very close, like as close to the field and the stands as he can, uh, and sort of shifting his weight from one to the other, and just listening. Stag begins to stretch uh, and warm up. Mm -hmm. uh, she starts to sort of like roll her shoulders, you know, like do her usual like athletes warm up. She's doing high knees, you know, back kicks. And she is completely ignoring Grayson. Like he doesn't even exist to her. Like she will look over at Hurley House to sort of like size up the competition. Um, so she's not avoiding eye contact in his direction. Um, it's just like he's invisible to her uh, as she just continues to look over at the rivals, even like not like waves at a couple of the people that she recognizes across the field that she might be friendly with. Um, and then also like waves up at the bleachers and smiles as Anther uh, as she continues to warm up. Amazing. Uh, and you do, when you reach over or when you look over and you see uh, Herlin house, you see their sort of regular lineup uh, is chorus. Um, and if everyone wants to give me a history check, uh, X, you can roll with advantage. Um, Chorus is over there. Uh, he is uh, a Triton, uh, very handsome, very privileged, uh, and is not bashful about it at all. It literally is mean to people who aren't wealthy, <laughs> uh, is his kind of vibe. Uh, 
Gavin is over there, who is a total sweetheart, is like the um, sort of the pinch hitter uh, for the Herlin House team. Just just pure athleticism and uh, and charisma and uh, an excellent re uh, leader. And you also see Aurora, if you remember from uh, our our swamp flirt. <laughs> oh, no. Seven Hearts, who is a uh, a orange and brown pattern tabaxi, uh, and Kadras, who is uh, an elfin uh, an elfin man who you really know from his acting, and it might be a little confusing even to see him here. It seems a little out of character. Um, and then Long Leaper, which uh, they are a, a Goliath. Um, and they're they're matching in height and uh, girth, <laughs> stag pretty much. So, <laughs> uh, and then on two towers either side of the field, you see um, Ziggy, your coach for the game, uh, and then on to the other side is Rosie, who's also part of Herlin House, but also uh, typically referees uh on this field and coaches for the herlin house uh and they're both sort of like um just looking around and taking some notes and checking checking the time um and if you look behind you on the tower that the team has to climb to get your artifact or your mascot or whatever it is for that for that game of mage tower that's where you see star poised there's a landing uh, opening opened up where the sniper is supposed to stand and then two floors up is Star sort of just standing there and looking around uh, and then on the opposite end is um, it's sort of shaped like a capybara but it's made completely of moss and algae and it's just like dripping like a, a long haired dog <laughs> uh, and you assume that is the mascot artifact they're meant to be protecting for today's Mage Tower game. I, I turn to Stag and just go, wait, wait, what position is Star playing? <laughs> Star's the artifact. Wait, what? That's what we call people who guard the artifact. They're at the very top. They have to keep both hands on it at all times. It's a really important position, Baru. The artifact, I mean, that ends the game. Wait, um, this, so they have to steal star? Or? A question above the table, is there a separate artifact that star is supposed to hold on to? Or is star? Star is the, the artifact. artifact. Okay, got it. Uh, star, star is, is the artifact. So yeah, but don't worry, they're not going to uh, get hurt. Regular, you know, no real injury rules apply. Um. Okay. Um. Hey, and Stag actually claps you on the shoulder, <laughs> almost like in like oh. a reassuring way. You want to do right by Star, right? You want to make her proud. So get out there, do your thing, win this for Zulahal, and uh, she's going to be real happy. Or something. Or something. Bari looks at Stag a bit confused and just goes, Star doesn't experience emotions. The Maybe she will metal. for the first time here. 
after seeing you help us win, right? No, but <laughs> I'll play. Baru. And Stag, uh, the hand does not stay away, and the, the, the smile does not leave either. I really want to win this. Can you help us win this? Okay, yes, I, I have an idea. Um... Great, yes, you know, do your idea. You're full of genius, brilliant ideas. That's why you get along so well with your various mentors. All right, and Stag's going to wheel around on that heel and uh, look at the rest of her team. I think Jaysha was also similarly, like, stretching and prepping and getting ready. They were looking at their belt where they have an assortment of, like, vials with different colored liquids of all kinds of uh, different, like, viscosities and textures, and they were just checking them all. And when Stag um, kind of looks up, they look across the field at the other team and they notice that Aurora is there, and without taking rare eyes off of Aurora, I think Stag just says, given the change in our party makeup, I'll play Defender. Defender? Okay. You know, if you think you've got goalie skills, I'll let you get goalie kills. I'll be Enforcer, then. X, you gonna run? I'd like to run. And right. something in X's face has changed. Uh, it's no longer an approximation of interest or an approximation of... They look a lot. X looks a lot. They're constantly looking at everything. They're staring at everything. They're not moving. They look. They're looking. They're looking. But something about the intensity of the way that the flat blacks of their eyes shifts makes you realize that they're not looking anymore as they stare across the field and at the other team. They're not looking, they're hunting. And they're looking straight ahead at Bog Dog. <laughs> not Bog Dog! <laughs> you leave Bog Dog alone! <laughs> Bog Dog is mine! <laughs> Here's Bog Dog. All right, I'll do my best to keep up. Feral X, of Good course. Luck. Uh, oh my god, and then they kiss. That's so weird. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Zero, <laughs> uh, are you doing anything pre-game? Um, I think I... Zero looks at the stands and all the people that are there and um, Xanther cheering, but, like, narrows their eyes when they see Grayson. Um, but, you know, plays it off. I think they reach into the... Um, Attached at their waist is their uh, their book, their tome. So they're going to pick that up and just kind of like start flipping through things, trying to... This is a brand new thing for them. Um, God, what a fucking liar. Um, this is brand new for them. So they are just flipping through their spell book, trying to think of like what spells and strategies will work. Fun fact, actual real life thing I'm doing right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, but like... Based off of everything that Stag told us, I do think that Ciro is preparing to be the sniper. Beautiful. Also, I think Baru is eyeing the rest of the team. Like They just kind of stand there. They're not stretching. They don't look like they're doing anything to actually physically prepare, but they're staring at the other team. And is there a way I can gauge who is the... 
Who has the most vigorant? <laughs> um, you have you're you're currently like a hundred feet apart. Um, I will walk up to them. I'll just walk, just straight walk up to them and just like kind of hang out as they warm up and just kind of watch them. Yeah, they definitely Without, eye you <laughs> suspiciously yeah, and they don't I'm recognize you because you haven't I'm played before. See, they just stand there, just on it, like not even subtly, just kind of stare at them and kind of try and gauge. Uh, yeah. Do you want to give me an insight check? Yeah. <laughs> Why is Barb so creepy? <laughs> I keep rolling off the desk. Okay. That's a insight. Dirty twenty. Okay. Yeah. You uh, you feel like the strongest individuals on the opposing team are Long Leaper. Gavin, uh, and then Seven Hearts in that order. Is that strength-wise or HP-wise, I guess? Uh, well, I mean, above game, they're all the same HP. Oh, okay, cool, cool. But those okay, are your big for, contenders. Can you say that again? Long Leaper, Gavin, and Seven Hearts in that order. Bari points at Long Leaper and turns to Stag and goes, I've got them. From hundred oh, yeah? feet away. <laughs> yeah, just yells it. <laughs> you sure? Oh my god, they're strong. Long Leaper is, yeah, is literally sure. just like the the anti stag <laughs> of Aaron House. <laughs> you can see them. Yeah, we're, we're usually neck and neck in most elims, but if you've got them, I'll give them to you. Yeah, I've got a plan. Zero slams the book shut and it's just like if you don't get back on the side of the field <laughs> just like, uh, and I think that's when there's like a super loud whistle uh from Rosie on the um on oh, uh, Rosie the... <laughs> What? You don't like Rosie? <laughs> no. Damn <laughs> What's she doing? <laughs> Uh, and she whistles really loud. It's like magically amplified. Uh, and then she speaks to the crowd and she goes, Welcome to the intermural match between Herlin House and Zuo House. A summer long anticipated match for the masses. And then there's a huge cheer through the crowd of the, of the people that are there. Uh, and she looks very pleased with herself. And she goes, You know the rules. Uh, the game isn't over until an artifact reaches the other opposing towers side or if everyone on a single team is indisposed you get 15 points for retrieving the alternating players artifact <laughs> at the end of a match the team that is still standing is awarded 10 points whether they got the mascot or not and you can complete the unique map objective for 10 points as well. The one with the most points at the end of the round is the winner, best of three. And start! And you hear another loud, piercing whistle from, uh, from Rosie. Uh, and the game is on. Mm -hmm. The game is on. What, uh, everybody roll initiative. Yeah. Is what is the unique map objective? Is there one for this? We are going to decide that together. I rolled for uh because the field changes every oh. every uh round based on one of the schools. So what I rolled for the first one is Silver Quill. Um so I'm oh, thinking I'm thinking I'm thinking something very um like inky language focused. Um so the field itself turns into like just this 
pitching amalgamation of of like ink and paper, uh, almost like a very stiff ocean. <laughs> so you can still traverse it. Uh, it's not difficult terrain or anything, but it is sort of uh, it causes it causes like a dizzying effect and and gets you covered in black ichor as you run through it, uh, sort of like a, a an ink rain. Um, I'm thinking maybe Zero the... starts to fly and hover the second this happens. <laughs> yeah. um, like just kind of kicks their boots like, Ew. and I'm thinking maybe <laughs> the unique objective and let me know if y'all like this is that there is uh, two. There's a booth in the center and you can run to that and write uh, a soliloquy <laughs> or not a soliloquy, hey. uh, a haiku. <laughs> What's the reason for haiku? I'm a I'm like a I'm a STEM student. I'm doing five math. seven five. Uh, I believe high, is the haiku. Okay. Um. So yeah, you can run to math. the center and write a haiku, but then you have to read it to the audience, and they have to they can cheer or boo you. So if you if you write a if you write a successful haiku haiku, then you will get ten points for your team. If you write a successful poem about boys volleyball, then <laughs> that's right. Kageyama and uh, Hinata. I have been watching it a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, know. No, I, gotta, I love I love haiku my so much. Uh, Is anyone yes. opposed to this special challenge of the silver quill field? Not opposed mm. at all. Perfect. So, uh, so yeah, good. that pops up, and uh, and Rosie goes. Special initiative for the Silver Quill Field. A high cue and a corresponding performance judged by your peers. And the audience goes, Woo! Poetry, yes! <laughs> Poetry, yes! <laughs> um, a and whole new definition of poetry slam. Am I right? I'm going to slam your body with my body because it's a contact sport. Whatever you roll for initiative. Oh, 17. 17. I got a solid 11. I also got a 17. Three people said 17. Oh, okay. All right. Who all said 17? I lied. I got a 17. <laughs> really? For real? No, I got an 11. <laughs> I got an 11. Okay. Who else said 17? Okay. Uh, and then Connie? 17. What? All right. <laughs> See? 23. Oh, oh my! Of course yep, you did. Makes sense. Yeah, that tracks. Um. All right. Guess who's up first? <laughs> it's <laughs> it's ecstasy. <laughs> Show us what you I got, baby. I cannot tell you how fast X moves. Like I think when Stag says, "I'll try to keep up," X says, "Good luck," and then they're gone as soon as the whistle is on uh -huh. because i need you all to know that i can move 160 feet in this first round and, the, and i'll tell you how and the field is only 120 feet wide <laughs> so using my uh dread ambusher i get a plus 10 to my movement on my first round of combat which means that my base movement speed is now 40 uh, and I'm going to immediately take the dash action, which means I'm going to move 80 feet. Uh, and then I can also use my bonus action, uh, my cunning action, to dash again, which will be an additional 80 feet. So that's 160 total. I don't know how to do anything. So I'm at the very least, X is like 
moving through this inky field. Like they vault over top of the uh like the pedestal <laughs> thing that has the haiku on it. Like they put their hand almost in the book, vault over it, and they are going right past Seven Hearts, right past Aurora, right past um Condorsa as well. Like just right past all three of them. Um do they lining it straight for Do they it. get attack of opportunity on you? I think that's up to you. Huh. They do. It would trigger would. I'm, I'm going to roll to see if they're if they are too um surprised <laughs> to do anything. I Catch love, me if you can. I love X, but I will also say that X has been pl- Oh no, this is the first time X has played, so they actually don't know. Yeah, they don't know. This is Ooh, like okay, this is a yeah. real anime moment where it's like This is honestly a this is like this is them just doing some ridiculous move that no one sees coming. Um yeah, I'm just gonna have them fail and uh and I think on a normal <laughs> on a normal player running a normal amount of uh paces and at a normal speed, they would have taken that attack of opportunity, but I think they're just fucking flabbergasted. <laughs> And they just like break their necks trying to catch you as uh, just catch a look at you as you pass and then look at each other like, what was that? Before they start moving forward themselves. Uh, and I think X is also just cl- climbing up the outside of the tower. They're not using the stairs. They're just like trying to jump from platform to platform up. Uh, like, OK, they're just going straight up. Acrobatics check. <laughs> Yay! I love this for me. <laughs> 27. Oh my god. <gasps> I'm yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. I built a broken rogue. I built a broken rogue. No, you're not. Um, okay. You're not sorry. I'm not sorry. See, min maxed on purpose. This is not. Don't accept their apologies. Yeah. <laughs> They're fake. This was a choice. This was a choice. Oh my goodness. Um, my cheeks hurt. Uh, yeah, so you successfully, I think there's probably two to three flips in there as well uh and you land like uh marvel studio style on the top of the platform and you look up and you make direct eye contact with bog dog and bog dog just goes (laughs) 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 and x grabs bog dog and backflips off the top of the tower okay so that movement wasn't a dash action (laughs) I think you used your action uh, already. Because it, it's a full action. I have already action used my to, action and my bonus action. It's a full action to grab Bog Dog. Good to know. Good to know. Then I've only gotten that far. Okay. You I'm and Bog Dog are having Bog a Dog. St- <laughs> And Bog Dog is reaching out for you, and you are kindred spirits. Um, beautiful. Who is next? All my players rolled so long, the whole Zoo House team is going to get to go before. <laughs> No, Barrow, not everyone. Barrow, it's not your everyone. turn. That's true. Sorry. Sorry, Liv. <laughs> I don't mean to put you on blast like that. Um, but I do. Barrow, it is this. your anyway. turn. Um, <laughs> um, you I'm... have some positions to choose. You can also hurdle across the field. You can go ride a hike. Hi- a hike. I can't stop saying hike you. A hike you. I don't think Barry's much of a writer. <laughs> At least not a creative writer. So I think they're going to run straight past um, that. And as they're running, they're reaching a hand into their um, 
pouch and i think they they kind of you see a look in their face like kind of the look you get when you're like you realize you've forgotten your keys or something they're like oh damn it and then they reach for their bracer um and on their so on their um forearm on their right forearm is a bracer again it's very similar in style to star um whereas is very art nouveau very like very much like it's sort of welded piece of metal it seems like these pieces of metal were almost weaved together and in the scent on the top of it there's a some kind of opal gem thing it, it doesn't look natural but they reach for it and then twist it and then pluck it out and hold it in front of them and then kind of let go and it kind of freezes in place and they reach a hand and touch it and cast animate object and again you see um a square sigil appear in the in the sky um in the air between um the uh hand and the floating orb and then it says invoke and then animate and then now this thing is floating beside them um as a creature that can help with fighting things it's just an orb what what does it look like it's literally just just the, you know the orb that's on the bracer they plucked that out and animated oh, it oh okay um and that i think oh no that's an action see that's the end of my turn Okay, amazing. Um, let's go. This is the first orb nice I found. <laughs> There's your orb. <laughs> oh my god. The fourth dimension. Let, <laughs> let me give you control over this. Um, this atom that I've dropped into the to the uh, VTT. All right, that's your turn. GGs, the orb is menacing, and all are aware of its presence. Jaysha. I have a question for yeah. my uh, for my fellow player Stag um, above table. Is your plan to go and do the the haiku? Is that your plan, or are you above sticking table, with X because you're like uh, technically a bodyguard? If I can take, if I don't know if writing a haiku takes an action, uh, but my my plan with Stag is to write the haiku but not perform it and pass it on to someone else to perform. Okay, perfect. In that case, um, I imagine that like like in the actual game itself like in after rosie had like made that announcement stag had probably communicated that plan to the rest of the team and so uh jaysha kind of like nods at stag and they pull out from their uh belt they pull out this vial that has this like kaleidoscope this clear kaleidoscope looking liquid in it that when you move it it kind of like changes colors every now and then as if it's constantly shifting they pop the cork uh and they drink it uh, this gives me advantage on charisma checks um, and disadvantage on initiative rolls, but we've already rolled initiative. Um, and that, so, uh, <laughs> you really got me. You got yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Sequencing. Son of a bitch. <laughs> and so I think Jisha looks at Stag and says, "Write me a good one." And they are going to move over. Um, because I think it is close enough. Yes, it is. Uh, they're going to move over to the actual, uh, to the booth itself. Mm -hmm. And they're going to stand there. And as they do so, they're uh, going to pull out a dagger off of their belt as well and activate with my bonus action. I'm going to activate my crimson right. And so you can see that like uh, it starts to, the blade itself starts to like crack as if there were veins of lava that were starting to form inside of the blade. And it actually starts to like drip bits of lava onto the ground as Jaysha is standing there, um, ready to defend the field. If anybody tries to come through, Jaysha is going to, well, not allow them to do so. 
but for now is waiting for Stag to come and write that poem. I love it. Okay. Excellent turn. Stag. Is it an action to write a poem? Okay, that's fine. Uh, then Unless I will... you have one, I'll allow it as a bonus action. If you, like, already have an encyclopedia or a list of haikus in your head. <laughs> Do you have lyrics? That right. Nag is, is a secret songwriter. I know. So I don't think it would take them a whole action to write something. Okay, I'm, I'm down something. for that. I'm down for that, that it's like you already had some lyrics in your head that you can minorly adjust to fit the haiku on, yes. um, on, on a... What do they say? A flip of a dime? Uh, <laughs> a flip of a dime, yeah, sure. <laughs> a, uh, a, a, tur- a turn of a tail. A little a pop of a, of a drop of yeah. a hat. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so Stag was in the middle of saying, I don't need luck to, whoa. Uh, as X just like vaults over the booth that is already up the tower, uh, Jaysha turns and goes, and I think instead of like an order, uh, all Stag says is, I've got the writing part covered. Just someone else read it. Uh, And then she runs over to the booth and writes the following haiku that I am going to drop in live chatter, but not from the audience. Uh, She writes this following haiku very, very quickly. I love it. And just sort of rips it like off of the parchment and hands it over to you, Jaysha, and says, perform this however you want, but it's meant to be kind of serious and somber. That's all. Uh, and she's going to turn back around Not the direction. and <laughs> with her action dash, uh, because it took her, her speed to get here. That's 40 mm-hmm. feet. Uh, and that's another 40 feet to get. Oh, easy to get to the, but she can take opportunity attacks. I'm fine with that. Um, to get to the tower. She uh, is going to go, I guess for, like this is going to be her path. Oh God. So all three of them. Uh, yeah, Aurora, Seven Hearts, Aurora, and Kadoras. That's fine. Um, she can't rage with her bonus action because she already 15? used it to write something. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. 15 would hit. One misses, two miss. Uh, so who gets the, I think, uh, so you're, can you show me your path again? Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, so she went... Basically, like, uh, peer to here to here. Okay. Yeah, I think here. I think uh, Seven Hearts gets the the swipe on you, uh, just because he's okay. uh, out front and uh, has some keen kid. Eight damage. Uh, he just swipes at you with his claws. As the claws come out, Stag turns and looks at him and says, "Come on, Seven Hearts, you're gonna have to do better than that." As I use my reaction to reduce the damage taken by ten. <laughs> Yep. It literally yep. d- it just glances off your <laughs> yeah your beautiful not even an polished part of skin me. like my, oh my god my actual muscle it just bounces off of my actual muscle Jesus Christ all right anything else with your turn <laughs> that's the end of my turn all right uh, next we've got Gavin uh, who's a bit far from the beeline that y'all are taking uh, so he is going to um. Move dash 30 feet and then use dash to get all the way here. Okay. Oh, gosh. Uh, And he's going to go all the way down here, uh, heading for the tower. Uh, But he used dash, so that's his full action. Long Leaper has 
has uh, eyed both you and X going uh, right directly to the tower and is going to come to play defense. Uh, so comes right up to you, Stag. Um, okay. And is going to uh, do an elemental strike on you. Uh, oof. Does a 11 hit? No. No, it does not. <laughs> All right. Well, she tries. Uh, she tries to very up close and just blast a bout of, frame, of flames in your face. Uh, and Can I don't, Stag, like, take out her axe and block it? Yes, like, that's how I it love that. Works. I she love just that. takes it out, the and, like, the shield. flames go past the blade. Yeah. I love that. Um, I love that. Yeah, that's her turn. Uh, foiled once again. Okay, I think I think Aurora sees Longleaper with this. Um, I think she was turning around expecting a total obliteration, uh, and didn't see it. So was turning around to kind of, kind of try and retcon the situation. Uh, you cast Briar Vine, uh, which is going to be a melee spell attack. Ooh, uh, twenty-two to hit. That does hit. Beautiful. Um. Oh, and I rolled max damage, 13, 13 piercing okay. damage. Uh, yep. And then you're also going to take poison damage. Did that pop up in roll 20 or no? Yeah, you also take 20, no, 15 poison damage. Ouch. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and what this what, rage, please rage, please rage. <laughs> um, can pull it large, and you're large. Um, so I think Aurora actually doesn't move when she does this. Uh, she oh, I've drawn a square. Enjoy. Um, <laughs> Aurora doesn't move when she does this. She basically lassos you with like a a thorny vine whip, and then just starts pulling you in. Uh, and you get uh, pulled to her. So move your token. Uh, is there a save or do I just get pulled if it hits? Let me double check. Um, if the target is a large or small. Oh, are you a creature? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. It just says the apprentice can pull it up to 10 feet closer to itself. So she's 10 feet away. Okay. So she just pulls you. So y'all are face to face and she gives you a very flirtatious smile and goes hi stag good to see you out of the swamp hello aurora and she just coughs poison like out of her <laughs> out of her mouth and just like straight up goes down her chin i love it that's her turn Ciro, what's up okay um Ciro's going to hightail it over to the tower yep 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 um so I'm going to head up there. I can do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then I am going to cast Eldridge Blast. My Eldridge Blast has a range of 300 feet. So I'm not pressed. I'm not worried. Um, and <laughs> you see Ciro like hold up two fingers and it starts to glow like 
midnight blue and then they um pull they put two other fingers on top of those and pull back and as they do the eldritch blast like grows and grows and grows um and uh, it turns into like a gradient of color this like dark blue light then arches into these like pastel blue colors at the very end um and they aim for one beam Yeah, one beam for Aurora and the other beam for Long Leaper, because I have two Eldritch Blasts. Yeah. Okay, do they need to do a save, yeah. or is it to hit, or...? I have to roll to hit. God, please. Also, important to note is that as the sniper, all of your spells now have the range of the entire field, so you're not limited yeah. by range which is lovely but you know playing a war like you only got so many spells and that's gonna be a lot of fun for me yeah um gods above okay that's going to be 15 to hit yep okay lit, lit, lit. um yeah aurora and long leaper oh they both they it hits the you just have to roll the to hit ones okay cool 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 Oh, I was asking you a question. No, you, you roll for each beam. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. I forgot about that. Okay, not nearly as good. That's going to be 13. 13 meets. Four. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. And then. So I'm like trying to learn these new dice and all this stuff, and it's a lot of fun. Um, Okay, that's six points of damage for one, and then nine points of damage for the other. Okay, I'm going to do six to Aurora and nine to Longleaper. Yeah, they both uh, they both get hit from this, absolutely sniped across field, uh, and they both, like, lurch forward. And I think Aurora uh, kind of fumbles the grasp on the, the vine that is holding you, Stag. Uh, so you have a bit more freedom of movement as that slackens around you. Uh, cool. Anything else with your turn? Leave. Mm, I have a bonus action. <laughs> yeah, just to get, just to make them. I'm gonna use my bonus action and cast um, magic stone. So I have three magical pebbles at my feet. Okay. Just have them ready. You know, just just right there in case I need them. Um, yeah. Okay, and then Carrie on your team is. Uh, going to uh just get in gavin's way basically and is not going to attack but is trying to play like a a, a defense position there um and then everybody else on the other team is gonna just start hoofing it full dash to your do they run side. past me and uh seven hearts does yeah i'm definitely gonna get take my attack Okay, go for it. That's a nat 20. Oh, Jesus. <gasps> um, but the thing is, I don't have weapons on me. I, I'm you have your, your orb. What is your orb? Oh, actually, no, I know what I'm going to do. Uh, my orb doesn't take opportunity attacks. It counts as a separate creature and it doesn't, uh. count. It doesn't take opportunity attacks. I do, have an, I do have an attack. As they rush, as seven hearts rush past, I think... <laughs> I pull out my gun. <laughs> <laughs> I think Baru is like doesn't move nearly fast enough to attack, but Zeva, one of her snakes in her hair, latches out and spites 
um, onto um, seven hearts and attacks with that. I love um, it. Because I can use my snake hair to attack. It's not much, but it's something. It's something. It's and you get to double the damage. Yeah. Yeah. 2d4 plus 3 piercing damage. Uh, there we go. Uh, that is eight, eight eight points of piercing damage. Oh, yeah. That snakey got as, him. As Zeba slashes, snap, like, tries to take a bite out of Seven Hearts, but he probably moved fast enough to get out of the grip, but leaves a gash along their arm. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think I, I, Seven Hearts hisses as, uh, as the snake strikes out, but continues bounding uh, forward. Um, and... I want to wrap this up, but I really just want to hear the haiku. So <laughs> we're going to go to the top of the order, and I think X is just going to end the game really quick. But um, maybe just save a little bit of room for haiku performances. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Understood. I understand. And by that, I mean I don't understand, but I'm going to do my best. Okay. Uh, X and Bog Dog reach for each other. <laughs> X has, they know exactly what their mission is in this moment. And they have been so desperate for some kind of directive. And this one is just so easy to grasp. And there is a certain satisfaction in that as they reach out and they bring Bog Dog into a full body hug as they tuck this mossy capybara creature against their chest. <laughs> and then they look kind of backward, almost wistfully over their shoulder like from the top of this tower toward the to, because they don't quite want to win yet they want to hear the haiku that stag has written <laughs> as they turn and Yay! they like are preparing to just like fall from the top of the tower with bog dog in their arms fall Fall is maybe a funny word. Long Leaper is right underneath there, so they are planning on landing on her, but that's fine. <laughs> <That'll> be... <laughs> um, okay. I love this. Uh, I guess I want you to roll athletics to see how well you fall. <laughs> <laughs> athletics? Vanna. Hmm. I don't roll... That well, that's only a nine this time for athletics. Well, you're in luck because Long Labor rolled a three. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just for like dexterity, uh, and I think looks up, and it's not that far of a fall. Um, so there's not a lot of time for her to like her brain to send the message to her body uh, that she's about to be uh, sat on. <laughs> so uh, I think she just gets knocked prone and you end up just like sitting on top of her holding bog dog and kind of looking around. Uh, is there anything else you want to do with your turn? Well, I can indeed use my. Um... Ooh. Did I use my action to pick up Bog Dog? Is that my action? Yes. Okay. Then I will use my bonus action, cunning action, uh, to dash once more. Uh, this time, <laughs> only 60 feet. Perfect. Oh, my God. Right past the, the haiku box. The haiku box. <laughs> it's so hard not to say anime titles. <laughs> I do. Um, all right. And I think as they... 
mm-hmm. as they pass Stag, like who's embroiled in this moment with Aurora, they just kind of go past holding Bog Dog. They like, <laughs> and they like, it's kind of like one of those moments where St- our ex just like looks at Stag the whole time until they can't, <laughs> and then they snap forward again. Yeah, and like says. slow motion, Stag's going, go! Go! Send yes, it out! Yes. Like, Stag is so into this. Like, she's a total jock. So oh she's like, going like, score that goal! Do it! Get that bog dog! <laughs> I love it. And and Long Leaper's in the background on the ground like, no! <laughs> 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 Alright, Baru, it is your turn. Okay. I think Baru... Let me see. Okay. Hmm. Okay, Baru is gonna run over to Aurora. Um, and actually, before I do that, so I guess this would have been, what, can you describe, like, flashback, ooh, uh, can you describe how the temp- temporary hit points were given to us? Like, was there a ritual? Was there, did a professor come out and cast a spell? Like, it's sort of just, like, th- there's, like, uh, when the game starts, there's, like, whoosh, the field, like, powers up. So it puts all the places, it okay. puts shields up so that people in the audience can't like charge the field and interrupt the game it gives you your your i mean they wouldn't call it this in the game temporary hp but it would be you know um some sort of uh false life sustension uh so nobody gets like permanently hurt um and then also uh you know cancels out any sort of lethal magics okay i think like in this flashback you see um, Bari, like, staring at the energy that's coming from the edges of the field when this, obviously you won't call this that, but the temporary hit points is given to everyone. And I think you see, like, uh, their eyes widen as they recognize the kind of magic that's being used. And then fast forward into the present, and I think um, he runs over to Aurora and looks at Aurora. They haven't been, they've been hit or once, right? Mm-hmm. By, by Ciro with the Eldritch Blast. Um, they stare at Aurora and just go, I want to try something. And this touches Aurora. And I'm going to cast Enhance Ability on them. Um, and you see a sigil again. You see the square, a, a square sigil appear with ruins around the edges. And it kind of, when it shifts onto the, the, the corner, you hear a click. And it says Invoke. And then disappears. And then it says Enhance Ability. And I'm going to choose um, the Bear Endurance. And what that does is that it gives you advantage on constitution checks, but it also gives you 2d6 temporary hit points. And Baru <laughs> understands that these kind of things replace the old hip, um, temporary hit points. Obviously, he doesn't call this that, but that's what Baru understands. So they touch them, and immediately they lose all of the temporary hit points and end up with, I, I kid you not, I wrote Snake Eyes. They end up with two temporary hit points. In one Play go, of the game. Immediately. <laughs> Baru. And then they kind of look at um, Stag and was like, that was meant to be for Long, um, long, Reaper, but long Leaper, but you seem to need help, Stag. Um, and then I'm going to use my bonus action to, to command my floating orb to attack Aurora. Um, <laughs> um, Baru said, is... today you die. <laughs> That is 17 to hit. 17 hits! Um, for... I mean, it doesn't matter, but (laughs) five points of damage. (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, describe it. (laughs) 
Um, you just see, honestly, you just see, again, you see, like, from the sigil that appeared between Baru's hand and Aurora when they touched, um, it dissipates, and then you see a gold ripple go across um, Aurora's body, as you, you basically see essentially the equivalent of whatever amount of temporary hit points they had leave them in, like, dust on the other side of them, and it's left with just two, and then the orb just kind of rolls over, and honestly, literally just bumps lightly against Aurora's head, <laughs> and they, they drop. It's the disrespect for me. Um, <laughs> anything else with your turn? Um, no, that's it, man. That's my action and bonus action. So they kind of go, this is fun. Chase, <laughs> that's your turn. Uh, is it an action to perform this poem? Yes. Okay, cool. Well, unless uh, you need to move farther, and then it's not. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. Um, I think Jaisha, uh, they kind of like turn uh, to look at the entire stadium. They look at all of the players, at all of the people in the bleachers. And as they do so, the eye that is connected to their crystal vitiligo starts to cry. And it's the same liquid that they had ingested earlier it's that same clear kaleidoscope liquid and it starts to go into the cracks of their crystal vitiligo and starts to like go through and travel along it as the mutagen starts to activate inside of rare body and they before they perform they kind of look over their shoulder at x who is now there and they say take it home and then they start to perform stag's haiku and taking stag's notes ray is going to try to make it serious and somber and they say out into the stadium autumn leaves stained gold blood of ascension flows free sport to mirror war all right give me a performance check with advantage I got a 17. Yeah, I, that is definitely a success. I think there's a there's a beat where you say it and, and the crowd goes like really quiet. And again, that sort of magical amplification coming that automatically comes from the field uh, heightens your voice into the sky. Uh, and there's a couple beats after you finish the haiku. And then uh, and then the audience just gives you like a standing ovation. They stand up and they go, Whoa! Um, and, uh, there's some sort of, like, floating scorekeeping going on, and a tin pings onto the side of Zuo House. Uh, anything else with your turn? Uh, I think just narratively, after performing and after the response, Jisha just kind of looks over across the field at Stag, and in a very rare moment of sincerity between the two of them, st uh, smiles at her. From across and, the field. and Stag returns the smile and her teeth are stained with poison and blood from Aurora's attack as she grins this vicious crimson uh, smile back at you uh, as she begins to reach for her weapon and we see like the glow of her rage start to spark off her armor in response. And Jisha is just going to move over to where Gavin and Chorus currently are in between to do rare job as the defender. That's right. And that's it. Get that booty in the way. Stag, you are raging, I heard. 
Oh, we're still good. Let's okay. Let's. I'm, let's I'm, go. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna annotate, but I want you and Liv to get a second round, and then we'll then we'll wrap it up. I will not say no to a second round. Yes, Stag is raging. Uh, as soon as after Jaisha moves to where Chorus and Gavin are, there's a a ripple of divine magic uh, that explodes through these black pitched waves of ichor uh, across the silver quill struck battlefield and in the middle of this I think like a pillar of light actually punches up and that ghostly echo of a heartbeat of that stone lion like roars out of stags back again and we see literal wind like whipping around her as her cape's going her eyes are closed as she like takes out that great axe with one arm and then throws it down toward the ground and when she opens her eyes they're both glowing again uh aurora's out of commission so she's gonna turn onto long leaper actually uh and make an attack uh at them they're prone um, so you get advantage great or you might uh, you might recognize i guess a reminder that they're prone that maybe they're not much of a threat right now so up to you if you want to kick them while they're down or uh, that's a good point. Change the call. Actually, actually, you're right. I think I'm going to attack someone else then. Uh, I'm going to go up to uh, who's the biggest threat. Let's see with my movement. I can only well, I can only get to Kadoras. So go to this elf. Yeah. Also, you can pass the, uh, the artifact back and forth between each other. You'll just have to do a deck save to make sure no one drops it. So that's also good to know. X is a little out of my reach right now, I think. So I'm just going to go up to this uh, elf, Kadoris, who's mm -hmm. by the haiku booth, and slam that uh, axe down. So I'm going to use my action to attack with my axe, Blood of War. Uh, and because I have the scout feature attached to Blood of War, that's with advantage on my first turn uh, that I attack with. Great. Uh, and I'm going to also use Great Weapon Master, so I'm going to declare a minus five to hit. Uh, let's see. Can I also reckless attack to get two advantage stacked or with with the D6? Stack? Sure. <laughs> OK, I'm also going to reckless attack. OK. OK. Um, what a 22 hit. Yeah. OK, so the first attack is going to hit them for it's fine. Uh, 25 points of slashing damage. Uh-huh. And then the second attack, because I'm going to extra attack. Ooh. Is going to be a 25 to hit? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the damage is going to be... 26 points oh of slashing damage. <laughs> Did they go down? Yes, of course! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stags, like the lion is just out. And they just sort of go, well played. And like one across the back 
um, but she hits with such force that it spins Kadoras around uh, like she's spinning a top. And the next one goes straight across from like the top of their left shoulder all the way down to the bottom of their right hip. Uh, and like this temporary hit point, like blood, fake blood, right? Sort of like gushes out from Kadoras's torso uh, as that lion lets out a like behind Stag. And as Kadoras crumples for just half a second as this like bright blood is raining down around her, her eyes go up and lock on Grayson. And then she heaves her axe back across uh, her shoulders as the rest of that blood spatters onto the ground. And she raises her voice and her eyes and says, You heard Jaisha. Bring it home, X. Oh and my that's god. Uh, sexual. Um... <laughs> So basically, the other the other team is just uh, scrambling to try and just get a semblance of control back over the game, uh, and they're just running around uh, like like a bunch of silly gooses, to be quite honest. Um, so I would love for C and Liv to tell us how you two work together to finish finish the game, win the match with the the slam dunk of the bog dog. Yeah, um, I think it's pretty clear that, like, X can move perfectly fine. So I'm just going to clear out the path. I'm going to cast Thorn Whip on Seven Hearts. Um, What am I reading? That. That's what I'm reading. Oh, I have a really good idea for when you do that. Go go ahead. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Um, And that's going to be 18 to hit. And that's going to be 5. Okay, that's going to be six points of damage, but the big thing, the, the real thing, honestly, is the fact that I pull them 10 feet closer to me, which means 10 feet away from um, the uh, X. Same, same thing. <laughs> and how much damage is it? If I may. Oh, go ahead. Six. Uh, once you have the thorn whip out, it's connecting you in seven hearts, right? And you're at the top of the tower. Uh, I think that yes. X runs along it for half a second before they like pump up and onto the thorn whip that's between you, and they run like a tightrope walker, like sprinting <laughs> up the up the whip until they like kick off and land right next to you. Still, like, holding Bog Dog like it's a big plushie in their arms. And I think there's there's a moment where the two of you's eyes meet, and you just sort of stare at each other, and then there's a bing, and the scorecard updates to, uh, what, I can't do math, I'm gay, 25? (laughs) 25, (laughs) and uh, you hear another piercing whistle from Rosie, and she goes, end of round one, and it goes to Zuo! And there's uh, mostly cheers from the audience. There's a few boos. Grayson isn't doing anything, um, as is his way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and all of you are, are feeling very accomplished. You won the first round. Uh, and I think there's a moment of uh, of sort of letting that achievement sink in. A lot of you have been work- looking forward to this match all summer. Uh, and some of you uh, didn't expect to be in this match, but actually, like, uh, did a really great job and were essential to the team and are like, wow, am I sports? <laughs> um, but it is short-lived as uh, as you are going through these feelings 
of, uh, of sportsmanship and self-adoration and camaraderie uh, as the earth begins to quake and the center of the field, uh, be, it's like shifting uh, in a huge circle. Oh, no, Bog Dog, get out of there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and you the watch. The of the field, I was like, I'm getting out of there. It's, and you watch as the, high, the haiku podium begins to sink as, in, as if in quicksand. And you hear this low, thrumming, deep growl from beneath the earth. And that is where we're going to end our session today. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Um, okay. Y'all, that was an amazing, amazing first episode. I cannot wait uh, for episode two next Saturday at 3 p.m. ET. No! <laughs> the haiku <laughs> broke the field. It was too powerful. That's right. <laughs> that is the most metal haiku I've ever read, and I feel good about it. Um, excellent job. Did you write that, Connie? Yeah, as soon as he said haiku, I started writing one. <laughs> bless you. Bless you. Know your players, chat. Know that they're going to they're gonna come through when you throw a curveball. <laughs> um, but, yes, let's really quick do – I know I kept you all longer. Thank you for sticking it out. Uh, let's do a quick round, round the horn. Uh, let's go the opposite way this time. C, start us out. Oh, round the horn. Hi, everyone. My name is C. Is that a saying? I I'm just making up sayings today. <laughs> round the horn to all of us. Hello, everyone. My name is C. I use they, them pronouns. You can find me making very trans, very gay art on the internet at Pie Sharp Art. If you liked what I did here today, you'll like what I do in other places because X is my little freak and I love them so much. Uh, thank you so much for having me here. I cannot wait to keep playing with this cast. Um, I am in a ton of things, the most notably of which you can find me in just over an hour on Transplanter RPG, which I'm sure Connie will talk about a lot more. Um, but you can also find me on Mondays playing Divine Intervention and on Thursdays playing the Mythic Initiative. I've been a few more things that haven't come out yet, so just stay tuned for those things happening very soon. Um, so that has been me, and I will pass it to Humna. Yes, hello. My name is Humna. I use any and all pronouns, and I am a TTRPG performer. Um, it's been my pleasure today to play Jaisha, who uses they Ray pronouns, little nerdy metamancer who likes Mage Tower, actually. Um, <laughs> I am also in a, quite a few shows, so Twitter's the best place to know where I am at any given point in time. But next week, right after our episode at 6 p.m. Eastern time, uh, you should go check out the charity Pokemon Showdown tournament that I will be organizing over on the Nameless Domain. It's got a absolutely stellar lineup of uh, TGRPG content creators, performers, designers, writers, all people of color. Um, definitely come check us out. We're going to do give Boys and stuff. It'll be a great time. Um, and I will pass it over to Drac. Hi, I'm Draconix or Drac. Uh, I played Barugash or Baru for short. Uh, the inventor Gorgon, he did surprisingly well, uh, all things considered. Um, I, I was plotting and planning that since yesterday. I was like, hmm. I'm kind of break this game considering the fact that I have you no You gave me a heads up and I still was not ready. <laughs> I did not understand. I, I literally have, I built Baru. Baru is built to fight alongside Star. So once Star's out of the picture, they have two damaging spells and they're cantrip. So they're not like very high leveled or very impactful. It's like, how can I be weird and interesting about this? Um, but yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Draconics. It's D-R-A-K-O-N-I-Q-E-S. Uh, stream on a bunch of different channels. So honestly, follow me there is the best place to figure out where I am at any given moment. 
found me on Tumblr as well, I guess. Same same username. Yeah, Twitter dies in uh, fiery blaze. Um, and Mastodon, which is, I think, draconics at dice.camp, I think is mine. So you can follow me there. I don't know if I'm going to be posting there, but we'll see how things go. Um, I'm going to pass it over to Connie. Okay. Hey, everyone. I have been Connie, Mystagogue, Stag, Zorgraves, our barbarian, who's smiling through the pain. Uh, you can find <laughs> me all across the internet at ByConnieChong. That's B-Y-C-O-N-N-I-E-C-H-A-N-G, including Twitter. If that goes bottom up, uh, you can find me on Tumblr at ByConnieChong as well, B-Y-C-O-N-N-I-E-C-H-A-N-G, where I might be reviving my meme blog, D and Daddy Issues, also on Tumblr. So if you want that meme blog back on its feet, give it a follow. Um, I'm also on Mastodon. Uh, at by Connie Chong, you guessed it, at dice.camp, same as track. And yeah, uh, later tonight and every Saturday at 8 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time is The Second Stranger over on Transplaner RPG, which is an odd transgender POC-led dark fantasy D&D show set in an original non-colonial anti-Orientalist world. It is essentially the L word, but a lot more diverse meets the literal end of the world. And we are entering the end game of our campaign. We have only a couple episodes left before the end of arc seven and then arc eight is our final arc. There's eight episodes per arc. We're on arc seven, episode five tonight. And it's it's we it's all pre-recorded with full sound effects, uh, full editing, full fidelity, background music, whatever that means. Uh, that C is our beautiful VOD editor for. So check it out tonight. It's going to be a good time. There's a boss encounter with a hot, evil lesbian called Lilith. So what else could you ask for? And with that, I'm going to pass things over to Liv. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, no, that is literally everything I dream about. Um, hey, everybody. I'm Liv. I use she, they pronouns. I've been playing Ciro, who uses they, them pronouns. And you can find me on Twitter at Liv in a Day to see where I'm going to pop up next and do something exciting, um, like play Seven Deadly Sirens on um, Under the Table. Come Monday, Under the Table is TPC's indie show, Total Party Chill. So we're going to be playing um, a bunch of murderous mermaid sisters. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then on Thursday, November 17th, you can go over to my friend's channel, Madeline the Rogue. You might know Madeline from TikTok. And we are going to be streaming Keeping Up with the Kobolds. Keeping Up with the Kobolds is a D&D one shot that we did together to help run uh, raise money for the Transgender Law Center. So check it out it was a thing it was definitely a trip um but it's also a very good cause so please uh look into that watch that and support the transgender law center hell yes oh my gosh my my face i'm gonna like need to take it an ibuprofen my face hurts so much from smiling thank you all so much <laughs> Uh, all my players, y'all are fucking incredible, and I couldn't have asked for a better cast, and uh, this episode was living proof of proof of that. You can find me at twitch.tv slash Vanna right here, uh, playing the video games, and uh, and back here next Saturday for episode two of Higher Education, uh, and I do that full time, so follow me on Twitter, and you'll know, you can do exclamation point worm in the chat. That's, that'll link you to my Twitter. Um, and I, I have not uh, conceded to the Tumblr or, or the Mastodon or the Instagram yet. Um, and I think maybe I've resigned that if Twitter goes down, I will just live a 
peaceful life of non-existence. <laughs> so just follow me on Twitter. And if it goes down, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, and yeah, y'all are fantastic. Check out our sponsors. I threw that command in the chat. Uh, thank you again to our sponsors that, uh, that supported us on this episode. Thank you all so much to uh, the folks that contributed to our daily goal. You hit it and then some. That all helps so much. Uh, and thank you to everybody who was active in chat, lurking in chat, the moderators for keeping it safe, friendly, and fun in here and running that break giveaway for Hero Forge. Uh, and yeah, we're going we're gonna to wrap it up there. Uh, but we'll see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Y'all are beautiful. And thank you. Thank you for...